Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk. TV, podcasting on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, and of course, apping at rockoftalk.tv, rockoftalk.com, the very best. Folks, uh, there are thousands of people who listen every single day, and I was uh, privy to get uh, to just how many, uh, despite the fact that we are not participants in the book. It is surprising to me uh, how many people continue to listen to us day in, day out. Podcast listen, uh, however you guys uh, decide to go ahead and consume us. It's uh, great. We appreciate it. Didad Muska here. For about an hour and a half, we'll have uh, a, a wide open second uh, half of the second hour and third hour as well, which a lot of that should be dedicated, I think, to the passing of uh, something we won't ever see again uh, in anyone's lifetime, uh, much less, you know, uh, Britain is uh, overgoing a sea change. This is not something that I don't think that any either Dowd nor I, you know, we don't have these things prepared in our newsroom and the post, you know, the postmortems or any of that kind of stuff. That's just not what we do. But uh, where were you? How did it impact you? And is it actually something that is uh, remarkable today? The newly installed uh, PM, uh, actually just a couple days ago, came in and then two days later, the queen is gone here on this Thursday. The pomp and circumstance uh, will no doubt uh, go through the weekend and uh, what it all means. And I think it is a point uh, that we should all sit and acknowledge and is, you know, sort of preparing with Dowd and and texting him. Uh, I was, uh, you know, giving him my thoughts. And I, and I said, it's a very big deal. There's power and there's whatever this woman has. <laughs> I don't even know what to call it. I don't know how to refer to it. Uh, Dowd has uh, summoned his connections in Scotland where she passed uh, to go ahead and uh, see what we could uh, come from there. It's uh, currently in London town. Uh, currently 11.07 uh, uh, p.m. Uh, it was always my impression, Dowd, that when she spoke, the world seemed to stop around Great Britain. Uh, there was uh, something about her appearances, uh, something about all that uh, when she came out and had something to say, when she was witnessed. I mean, there's just this thing, and you guys got literally live coverage as it happened right up until about 1.30 p.m. So we carried the BBC. I, don't, I doubt anybody else did that for you. Uh, nobody else could uh, have connected to you uh, quite the way that we did here in the Kiva. And, you know, as a service, that's kind of what we did. And so I think we'll continue, um, you know, we'll continue to, to do that. Uh, four generations, the woman was in power. Four generations, 73 years all in all. Um, and you will find that it will never be equaled in anybody's lifetime, I think, even going forward. Uh, Specifically, you know, the cycles of power that happen, which seemingly are happening every, I don't know, 20 to 30 years. Uh, and I can't comprehend it. Uh, I guess I'd have to live in, in England, jolly old England, to understand it maybe a little bit more. Uh, when you say the name Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth, her very name was powerful. It was people paid attention to what you were saying or what she was saying at any one of those times. Now, here's what my thoughts are. And... I don't know what Dowd's thoughts or what his family's thoughts are going to be on the matter, but uh, I believe that Britain will change. Britain is no longer. Um, you will not see this worship at the crown. You won't see the traditions that are there. Uh, it will no longer be 
uh, allied with the United States, I think, going forward. I think it will be its own independent uh, country. I think a lot of the continuity that happened between World War One, World War Two, and then certainly the Thatcherites uh, connected with Reagan and then, you know, the, the crown, all of that, I think will be gone. I think it's going to go into a new direction. And I don't know that Great Britain will recognize the U.S. as a hegemonic power anymore that it will recognize, say, for example, Saudi Arabia or China or Russia. I think it will go into a very, you know, different way. We no longer sort of provide and stand at the guard, I think, of them uh, going forward. I'm looking at stuff in the New York Times, the Epic Times. Like, nobody's ready to cover any of this stuff. Uh, so I think um, I said that uh, I texted out. I said it's going to be an Arabic nation. Uh, certainly the mayor of London or whatever you call that, the leader of London, uh, has been Arabic. And it has been as- absolutely flooded with political correctness going forward. I won't say that that's a good thing. <laughs> Remember, uh, the royalty is all about preserving bloodline. They uh, were very, very, uh, you know, focused on that. And I don't think it's going forward, especially with Meghan Merkel and all the other stuff that's been going on. You know, you're going to get some some weird threads, I think, going through. Um, <clears throat> I would have a heart attack knowing that Liz Trust is PM. I don't know that she's that bad. Yeah. Let's see. It will be ravaged by the new progressives. Great Britain will get chopped up. There's no longer respect for authority. Uh, not only do you get rid of the patriarchy uh, a year and a half, a half ago with the with the king you also get rid of today the matriarchy uh there is no respect for authority i think going forward um in in great britain i think that that will lead and sort of drip drip throughout the rest of the country so you're going to see more of a mob mentality one of the things that was really great about the queen is that she was constantly reflected order uh tradition uh i think uh, authority uh, i don't know that that's going to be the case uh, any longer so um the world needs order uh, she provided that. She put down the renegades, and you know, she also put down, especially Princess Diana. Um, you know, she had her murder. I think we can uh, say that uh, without any sort of um, excuse at this point. I think that is very much been witnessed uh, from the fact that there's no videos, no anything else, the MI5, and all the rest. Like she was murdered, Princess Diana for all intents and purposes, was murdered because of her association. Not necessarily, uh, she did not have a love affair with Dodi Fayed, though the tabloids would have you believe that. But let's not forget the tabloids, and nobody ever talks about this, and I'm uh, directly connected with the uh, the daily.mail.uk, the seventh largest publication in the world, but the Sun and the rest of these tabloids, and they try to say that the paparazzi, well, let's not forget the people who were involved with the paparazzi that day, we're all government operatives at that point. So that was a complete and total setup. Uh, we know that now. You've heard that here. Um, she put down the renegades. She squashed opposition. Her presence was needed. Now it's no more. We will yearn for the times when the likes of Dodi Fayed was quashed. No doubt about it. Putting those people in check. Dowd, your thoughts on this. And good afternoon, sir. How are you? Uh, good afternoon. Uh, I just hope people have a good thought from my sister. She was a big fan of the Queen. She was also a subject of the Queen for over 30 years, having uh, lived in the UK. And Eddie, I don't know if we have time for this or if you want me to get into sure. it over the next couple yeah, of days, yeah. but she, she wrote a rather lengthy obituary for uh, someone she had a lot of respect for. And if, if listeners are interested in our UK listeners' uh, perspectives on the Queen, I, I, I can certainly get into I, that. I would but, love um, I think I think at this point, you know, I, I'm, I'm sort of of the school of let's get it over with and get through all this. It, it, this is the type of thing that weighs down 
you know, our ability to go ahead and communicate things that are very important to here and now. And when we go in memoriam with such an impactful, you know, deceased, uh, you know, obit on this, it, I think we would want to hear about it as soon as possible. So I definitely want to hear uh, from that. But continue on for the next minute, if you don't mind, take us to the break. Yeah, sure. Just, uh, you know, personally, as a student of history, I am I have a, I'm a very amateurish history of of the United Kingdom and the British Isles, although a lot of my genetics come from that that world. Uh, I know a little more about U.S. history, uh, probably, probably, probably top one percent. You know, most people don't know much about their country. I, I know a lot about America. So I, I kind of look at the history of that, the, the British Isles from afar. And there, there's a lot to admire. Uh, I was I recently watched because it left HBO, uh, the Rudyard Kipling, the movie version, John Huston's movie version of the Rudyard Kipling book, uh, The Man Who Would Be King, of course, with Michael Caine and uh, and and Sean Connery. Uh, Elizabeth II, as I understand it, was the great, great granddaughter of Victoria, who ruled, of course, at the time of the British Empire's maximum power. Uh, and she was just the you know great, great granddaughter. That wasn't that long ago. And then you take it right up to the current era. She takes office or, you know, she, she takes the the throne uh, right after World War II. Eddie, she's kind of the last major yep. figure of that post-World War era. You think about Ike, JFK, Nixon, Reagan, Thatcher, John Paul II. Yep. I think Elizabeth II is probably the last of those lions. We're going to pick it up there. We'll get Dowd's uh, sister's reaction as a subject of the Queen. And uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in this afternoon. 414 back in. Early this afternoon, uh, they were summoned to her residence in Scotland, and the residence uh, being a hospital. And uh, there you go. She was uh, uh, a couple of hours after all of that, and there seemed to be a little bit of a rush and hubbub about everything. So we knew something was going to happen, and the news will be fixated on that as everything will reset uh, for the next four days. There will be uh, Sunday shows and all the news and everything and Dowd has uh, uh, summoned his sister as well as he has his own thoughts on the matter. Much better than I have. I uh, quickly quipped uh, to Dowd via text my thoughts and everything. But uh, I'm an amateur uh, compared to his connections that are going on in uh, Britain. So uh, continue, Dowd. Uh, yeah, folks, this is a uh, rather lengthy essay that my sister penned earlier today. I asked her uh, for this. Uh, my sister Darcy's, uh, you know, kind of a brainy sort. Uh, she's an excellent writer. What a writer. surprise, Dowd. So what a surprise. Is... Darcy, hello. I wish I would have seen you, but we'll wait until next year, Darcy. <laughs> oh, she's coming into the Kiva one, one of these days. Uh, so I asked her for her thoughts, and, and uh, you know, I don't think I'd ever talked to my my sister Darcy about the queen. Uh, and uh, I didn't really know until today just how big a fan uh, Darcy was. So uh, I will do my best to, to read her, uh, her, uh, her missive from across the pond. Um, again, this is uh, Darcy, a maiden name Muska, but her last name is Milne now, as like Milne Stadium here in, in Albuquerque. I've been in the close presence of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II twice in my UK-based life. When Duncan, that's my brother-in-law, and I lived in London, we somehow or another laid, out, laid our hands on tickets for a special musical concert in honor 
of the major birthdays of Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber and the late Stephen Sondheim. Uh, this was back in the late 1990s. They were at the top level, uh, in the top level of the Lyceum Theater in London, but we had a perfect direct view of the Royal Box. The security was tight. Everyone was well-dressed, not a pair of jeans in sight, and almost all men were in suits. And we had to be uh, in our seats at quarter past the hour for security sweeps before the concert at half past. Her Majesty entered the box with the Duke of Edinburgh, who made sure she stepped down to her seat safely. Her gown was beaded gold lame, oh. which few can carry oh. off. Her small tiara, uh, but massive diamond necklace, caught the lights in a rainbow sort of way, uh, <laughs> uh, which is somewhat sorrowful to me in light of the rainbow which appeared over Buckingham Palace as the announcement uh, was made. Wow. Uh, she was straight out of central casting that night, but it was her serene face. Oh, my, my sister's texting me right now. But it was her serene face, which I remember from that Why evening. don't you uh, take a little detour and let's see what she's texting, uh, if you don't mind. So she's up uh, in uh, in Scotland right now, uh, where she's texting down as we're doing this. And you know what? You This is really kind of a real kind of radio moment because we are sitting here uh, connecting with the other side of the pond with someone who had great respect for uh, Queen Elizabeth and getting her thoughts on this, who's actually been connected. So... There you go. What did she have to say? Uh, yeah. uh, the first text is, just remember, I'm still an American citizen, and I'm not planning to change that. She has not left her country behind, even though she admired the <laughs> queen. <laughs> uh, okay. Back to the story. Yes. Uh, so they're at the performance uh, in London. Imagine the singing of God Save the Queen by hundreds and hundreds of professional singers on stage and in the audience. A cappella, spontaneous 12 or so part harmony on the second verse. It was a little slow for my liking, as is the U.S. National Anthem, but she just smiled a little afterwards, took her seat, and everyone followed as one. I can't remember the name of a single performer. No one musical number stood out. Uh, Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber and Stephen Sondheim were there, but nobody cared. I watched the Queen the entire time, and I can't have been the only right. one. She could have been bored silly, but you'd have never known. I did see her in uh, her car in central London quite a few times, but that probably doesn't count. The first time it was rather bizarre to stop at the edge of the road as a motorcade went by and you'd glance over at the car with the little royal standard on the hood and it would be her. But it got ordinary after the third or fourth time. Depending on the time of day, she was in a lovely dress and hat or gown and something from the jewel chest. Uh, and here's the final story. It was some time before I had the chance to see her in person again. The day big, thick envelope came through my door, a door of my house, from the office of the Lord Chamberlain with my invitation to the 2017 Summer Garden Party at the Palace in Edinburgh, uh, amusingly enough, on the 4th of July that year. I was stunned. I knew I might possibly be invited after my adopted aunt, uh, that is the youngest sister of our grandmother Irene's best friend, Grace, who had married an American after World War II, uh, mentioned she was to be invited via the Earl and Countess of Roslyn for all her work at Roslyn Chapel. Uh, that is the chapel, folks, that um, in Scotland that's uh, most associated with Dan Brown, um, the you know Da Vinci Code, and you know the Knights Templars and all that kind of stuff, uh, Roslyn Chapel. Uh, and they suggested that her, quote, American niece, close quote, might be her plus one for the extensive amount of needlework I'd done for the chapel over the years. You have to fill out paperwork so you can be vetted, but I've kept my nose clean here over 30 years. Nonetheless, I didn't think it would happen. My entirely hand-stitched black and white dress and bolero jacket made of recycled t-shirts took me 400 hours to create. At the last wow. minute, I decided to make my hat as well. That was a good 50 hours more. Wow. 
One does not go to a garden party without a hat and gloves with one's day dress. Men wore morning suits. The dress code was explicit on the invitation, which unfortunately I was not allowed to keep as it had to be surrendered on entry. I do have a photo of Unbelievable. it. Unbelievable. Uh, I collected Aunt Belle and drove us into the city to our, our parking lot. I was wearing my gray high-top Converse sneakers to drive in, but I had my black court heels in the back seat. Aunt Belle must have reminded me a dozen times I'd need to change into them. Just to be silly, I got out and started to walk toward the entrance. Aunt Belle was not amused. We had a spot at the Earl and Countess's tent, much more posh than it sounds, and enjoyed the most amazing pastries and cakes and savories. Alcohol, alcohol has never touched my lips when I go when I was uh, when I'm going to be in a position of driving, but this was the one and only time I made an exception and had a small glass of champagne offered me by the Earl. How could I not? We met a bunch of tremendous folk that day. The majority of uh, with very posh Scottish accents of the sort wasn't one doesn't hear very often in my, in my county of Fife. Cultured, erudite, completely at ease in such a grand setting as if this was every day for them. Uh, that so many of them knew about my work at Rosalind Chapel was immensely flattering. I had many opportunities to use my favorite line when asked how I came to live in Scotland. Quote, there were no men in America good enough for me to marry, so I had to come to oh. Scotland. Uh, close quote. <laughs> One was very discreet about taking photos, but I managed a few of the roof of the palace where soldiers with big old guns watched the crowd with eagle eyes on the ground the security was a royal company of archers all of them amazingly tall fit and most happy like actual uh, archers i would imagine the actual bow and arrows right is that i gotta, I gotta ask yeah. about that uh seemed a little surreal uh courtiers i guess courtiers are still a thing uh roamed about the grounds looking for people to introduce to the queen we unfortunately were not chosen uh but it did not matter what would one say to the queen she was in a central tent, which people could circle to see, so Aunt Belle and I watched her for a little bit. She came out to do the rounds, and we were perhaps 10 feet away at one point. She was just as calm and serene and bright-eyed as when I had seen her many years before at the concert in London. While I cannot read lips, I'm fairly certain she was thanking people for coming. One of the archers confirmed this for me and said it was widely known her favorite garden parties were those in Scotland. And this is uh, the two final sentences, uh, three, four, four from my sister. You do not, you do not have to have been a, be a royalist or monarchist or have any sort of fondness for the queen to recognize and appreciate her unswerving loyalty to duty, country, and family. We will not see her like again. I was a great admirer of her because uh, before I became Scottish by marriage, uh, and even more so after uh, I, I admired the Queen, she is at peace, reunited with her beloved husband. And that is Darcy Milne, my sister's statement on the passing of the Queen. That's uh, wonderful. Thank you, Darcy, so much for putting that together. And uh, you were touched, and uh, I think that shines through uh, what you append this afternoon. Uh, by the way, there were 15 Commonwealth uh, realms for the Queen to preside over in addition to the UK. Or actually, 14 uh, plus the UK. Antigua and Barbuda, Australia, the Bahamas, Belize, Canada. Didn't know that doubt about the, Can the Canadians, uh, but it uh, stands to make sense uh, uh, given <clears throat> the accents and the connections, uh, apparently with our own Mark Stein, who sat in uh, oftentimes for Rush Limbaugh, Granada. Jamaica or Jamaica, if you like to pronounce it that way, New Zealand, Papua New Guinea, San Kitts and Nevis, St. Lucia, St. Vincent and the Grenadines, the Solomon Islands, and a little tiny place called the Tuvalu. 
So uh, in addition to the UK, so. Um, uh, Eddie, we have confirmation from the United Kingdom. Yes, the archers she spoke of were actual archers with big old bows and quivers of arrows. There you go. A nation in mourning. Uh, we'll pick it up uh, from there. Uh, we'll go out uh, with a little BBC World Service to see what they have to say as Queen Elizabeth II has died. Take a listen. The United States or from China. Enormous numbers of visitors from those parts of the world. And you used to be a correspondent in Asia before you worked in the US. Just give me a, a sense of the regard Queen Elizabeth is held in in that part of the world. Yeah, I mean, of course, she is uh, recognized uh, across Asia as an, uh, as an important figure. Uh, you know, as elsewhere in the world, in, in recent years, some of the interest has been driven, of course, by the uh, interest in the, you know, certainly in the uh, the British monarchy as a whole, in, in uh, the intrigue and the scandal. But there is undoubtedly huge recognition for the important global and constitutional role that she plays. Of course, in China, uh, there is not a free press. Coverage uh, is not quite uh, as, as, as uh, easy to come by as it would be in other parts of the world. But looking at the coverage today, it's been interesting to see some state media figures um, you know, some of the leading voices, the editor of the Global Times, for example, expressing his admiration for Queen Elizabeth. And this, of course, from a, you know, a, a Chinese Communist Party government that often uh, references British, uh, Britain's colonial past. Andrew. All right. We'll uh, pick it up from there when we return uh, here on the day Queen Elizabeth is died currently in uh, London. It is 11, uh, 29 and 40 seconds. We'll be back in three here in the Kiva AM 1600 KIV ABQ.FM. Thanks to Darcy for providing some input here this afternoon. here in the Kiva. We'll continue with uh, some of the BBC coverage. I think uh, it's important. This is going to be the last part of the final day that she was queen. And there were 13 sitting U.S. presidents. Uh, like, like that stat in and of itself alone is something that is uh, quite remarkable when you when you think about it. Uh, let me hit uh, stop on this when I bring up Dowd. Uh, uh, an actual uh, head of state who has met the most powerful man in the world 13 separate times like that that should be on your radar folks if that doesn't uh, add to the gravitas of the uh you know impact that this woman has had on our world on our modern uh day world and uh dowd feel free to sort of jump in here as i rifle off these 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 uh, names this is very incredible to think about uh harry s truman princess elizabeth with president harry s truman that's how far back we go um of course, Joe Biden, he's in the queen in uh, 2021. I don't want to get political. This is not a day for that. President Dwight D. Eisenhower, as you uh, aforementioned, uh, back in 1959, uh, they met John F. Kennedy. Like, this is a woman who is still head of state who uh, knew John F. Kennedy. I mean, if anybody was encyclopedic about that, it was that uh, Gerald R. Ford uh, back in the post-Nixonian era. Bill Clinton uh, toasting Bill Clinton back in 1994. Nice picture right there. And there, of course, is uh, Michelle Obama with the Queen in London town in 2009. They seem to be uh, quite close as uh, Michelle has her left hand on 
the back of the queen, I think a, a, a rather inappropriate uh, uh, gesture, I would think, for a queen. But uh, hey, we'll leave that uh, where it is. Uh, Dowd, uh, it, that's impactful. 13 different heads of state. Yeah, and if I can read them off the top of my head, and I'm looking at the camera, not a, a list. Uh, we'll go with Truman. We'll go with Ike. Then we'll go with JFK, uh, Lyndon Baines Johnson after that. Uh, he gives way to Nixon, finally gets in the White House. Ford, R uh, Carter, Reagan, George H.W. Uh, Bush, uh, Bill Clinton, the younger Bush, George W. Bush, uh, that's 11. Uh, and then Barack Obama would be 12. Uh, Donald Trump would be 13. Are we are we up to 14 now with Joe Biden? That that's I believe the only person that she did not meet with was with uh, Donald Trump. Oh, met Trump. with. I was thinking just was yeah. in office. Yeah. But yeah, Eddie, I, I think the point you made when you started the show, I mean that that tradition and continuity, uh there are people who in the freedom movement who are not impressed with democracy, uh, who don't like uh, democracy and, and think we're getting more democratic in America, and that's a, not a good thing, it's a bad thing, who have started to flirt with the idea of the constitutional monarchy because in their view, and I, I'm not, I haven't been converted to this yet, the, the lineage, the tradition, the, the association of your family with the good of the, of the, of the people, the good of the state, uh, the good of the realm is a better way than having this uh, get get elected and get reelected and grab all you can from the public fist fisk. Uh, it's an interesting uh, perspective on thinking maybe constitutional monarchy uh, is better than our democratic traditions. We'll leave that for another day, but you cannot argue against the respect that she had for her nation. And that reporter who was talking about the salacious stuff uh we use the phrase last of her kind, last of a breed. Uh, given the generations that have come after her, I think in this case, it's very applicable. I really do think she is the last of her kind. There's no doubt about it. Uh, by the way, uh, we have a correction. Uh, LBJ did not meet Queen Elizabeth. Uh, the only person to have not met of the uh, 14, 15 previous presidents uh, during her time uh, was LBJ. Uh, she did meet Donald Trump. At Buckingham Palace in an in-state uh, visit in June during a tea at Windsor Castle, actually. So it was uh, quite the uh, pump and circumstance stuff for him. But Lyndon Johnson is the only U.S. president she never met, although they corresponded. She visited the White House during her reign multiple times, the last of which was back in 2007. Uh, she did not uh, come and visit Barack Obama, nor did she come to visit uh, Donald Trump and uh, did not beat uh, also... Um, Joe Biden. So she has not been back in the U.S. since uh, 2007. Let's cut to uh, BBC Worldwide Global Service. Uh, we'll continue uh, from there and uh, continue the coverage on the last uh, 22 minutes of the Queen's final day uh, in her uh, under her crown uh, for the last 73 years. Let's take a listen. BBC World Service. Because she was a lovely, beautiful lady, beautiful mother, beautiful grandmother. Could just she had managed to take her spur. She was very much loved. There is a real sense that this queen was a history maker. It's devastating. She's going to be missed by so many people. She affected so many lives, and she was an absolutely amazing monarch. And what did she mean to you? Well, I think as as a woman, it's amazing to see a, woman, a female at the helm of our country. And I might not ever get the chance to see another woman as queen. She meant everything to, to me, my family, um, you know, a sense of community, you know, loyalty, um, you know, giving back to communities, um, serving, you know, the community as a whole. Um, so she meant a lot to, to everyone here today. 
I think, you know, the biggest thing that I'll remember is, you know, her sense of sort of charity, giving back. The crowds used to gather here in their hundreds of thousands to see the Queen on the Buckingham Palace balcony. As soon as her death was announced, they came back. There is a hush here as the one constant in the country's life is no more. In the place where she died, Balmoral, the locals were enormously proud of their regal visitor who joined them each year. Just very sad. It's just been a monarch for over 70 years and it's, it's history and we just wanted to be here to share our condolences to the like just be part of it kind of thing yeah it's really sad news to hear actually it's uh that's the reason we came we were hoping to pass on our regards or just to be here so it's kind of sad actually sad day yeah absolutely yeah, for everybody i think you know i think the whole nation will come together and just you know feel the same yeah. although you know you don't you, you never knew her or anything but her significance was was just incredible I and mean, it doesn't really hit home I don't think until you hear something like this and um, what she meant to us and what she meant to the country was absolutely incredible legacy at Buckingham Palace no one here truthfully is sure what to do but they know they want to be here to stand to mark the moment to bring flowers to remember her kingdom is united in sorrow, yes, but also in admiration in the sense that we have been fortunate to live in her era. Through change and turmoil, there has always been the Queen. Lucy Manning at Buckingham Palace. Queen Elizabeth attached huge importance to her role as head of the Commonwealth, a small group of former British colonies when she came to the throne in 1952. It grew to represent 56 states, comprising a third of the world's population. One of those former colonies is Kenya, where she was on tour the moment she became queen. Here's our senior Africa correspondent, Anne Soy. It was here in Sagana, central Kenya, that then Princess Elizabeth became queen. She was on tour representing her ailing father when she received the news that he had sadly passed away. And it was a different time in history Country after country on the continent were gaining independence. And even though they chose republicanism, they understood hereditary monarchy. And therefore, wherever she traveled on the continent, they understood her place. They respected her. And she played a key role in bringing them into the Commonwealth. As head of Commonwealth, she kept the organization together and grew it. To this day, it continues to expand and messages of condolence have been coming in from across the continent from leaders, including monarchs. And they recognize and deeply admire her service to the Commonwealth and to the world. From Kenya to India, the world's largest democracy under British rule from 1858 to 1947. The two countries still have very close ties. Queen Elizabeth visited India three times. The BBC's Arunade Mukherjee is in Delhi. News of the Queen's death is dominating headlines here in India. Prime Minister Narendra Modi put out this tweet saying, and I quote, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II will be remembered as a stalwart of our times. She provided inspiring leadership to her nation and people. She personified dignity and decency in public life. Pained by her demise, my thoughts are with her family and people of the UK in this sad hour. 
The Prime Minister then follows it up with another tweet in which he shares two photographs of himself and the Queen during his previous visits to the UK, sharing a personal anecdote as well. The Queen shared a special relationship with India. She visited the country three times during her reign, the first visit in 1961, 15 years after India's independence. The news of the Queen's demise will be dominating headlines as India wakes up. The Queen was head of state of Australia and New Zealand, where she sent this Christmas message. I want to show that the crown is not merely an abstract symbol of our unity, but a personal and living bond between you and me. The New Zealand Prime Minister is Jacinda Ardern. It is with great sadness that New Zealand wakes to the news of the passing of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. I know I speak for all New Zealanders in conveying our deepest sympathy to members of the royal family and condolences to King Charles III on behalf of the government and New Zealanders at this time of enormous loss. The last days of the Queen's life captures who she was in so many ways, working to the very end on behalf of the people she loved. Live to Sydney, our correspondent Phil Mercer is there. We'll talk about Australia in a moment, uh, Phil, but let's talk about the Queen's very close relationship with New Zealand. From my time in New Zealand, she's absolutely adored there. We'll leave it there. Uh, we'll bring it back uh, here uh, shortly, right here in Akiva, on people asking uh, whether or not she was vaxxed. Of course, that question is uh, coming in, uh, Dowd. Uh, yes, both uh, Queen and Prince Philip received their vaccinations uh, at the time. A royal source said the vaccinations were administered Saturday uh, back in January of 2021. Back after a quick break here in the keep. I don't appreciate your text. I think you're classless if you're criticizing our coverage of this. I told Dowd, you know, this is a necessity. This is what we have to provide. Uh, this is not something that I was looking headlong into, you know, covering. I wasn't interested in this. Uh, Dowd, I think I called you, what, about 1148? I never yeah. called Dowd. Um, I'm, so, I'm sorry to bother you, but, you know, we're going to have to scrap our plans at least for the first hour and, and cover these types of things. Like, these are necessities uh, in the news media. Like, you have to cover... Uh, these types of things in memoriam, uh, anything that comes as a result of the events of the day. If you, you know, if this were a nine 11 type event or if there's something, you know, that's happening in the streets of Paris, I covered eight hours of that coverage from the, uh, you know, the, uh, cataclysmic things that were happening in the Bataclan, uh, back on uh, Friday the 13th of November of uh, 2015. So, you know, like these are like in seminal important dates and we must memorialize them. Uh, as such uh, here in the Kiva. Now, that's not without your criticism, but don't try to bully me. Um, you know, I, I think it's just classless to try to do that. You know that we're going to cover this if it's uh, something that's important. Uh, we're and, and especially since, you know, Darcy took the uh, huge amount of time to prepare remarks uh, for you uh, that are worth your while. Um, that is uh, Darcy is Dowd's sister. So I think uh, by all means, uh, at least take the moment to uh, go ahead and acknowledge uh, what has happened in the world, what it means, and uh, so we can all do this together. It's just, 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 it's, it's really unnecessary. So, um, so we'll get to all of your criticisms as well. 
I love reading your text. I love having your phone numbers uh, that call in and criticize uh, as well. That's always very important because you're going to get to peer behind the curtains uh, just a little bit. I don't need social media uh, when I have your phone numbers, folks. Uh, just FYI. <laughs> I do love that. Don't forget Queen Lizzie back in the 70s went for a walk with 11 or 12 children in Canada. Kids were never seen again. They try to blow it off as rumor, but if you dig for the truth, it's there. And I got a Facebook link. Queen Elizabeth found guilty in missing children case. Uh, don't know if there's any legitimacy to this, but Dowd certainly likes uh, looking this stuff up and seeing this uh, ridiculous stuff that's posted on social media irresponsibly um, or responsibly, depending upon whether or not it's true. And uh, Dowd has uh, gone. This is why he is here. He goes and he verifies this information. Whistleblowers incarcerated while she walks free. In the second week of May 2014, British soldier Vivian Cunningham Drug institutionalized against his will, apparently his crime on May 6, 2014, was daring to ask superiors about Queen Elizabeth's outstanding arrest warrant. Hmm. The order to arrest Queen Elizabeth was issued in 2013 by six judges of the International Common Law Court of Justice in Brussels. I don't even know if that court has any legitimacy. Uh, I'll talk about that maybe on another day, another time, uh, the recent passing of someone who created a court and was looking for pedophiles, uh, pedophilia uh, recently passed. The order to arrest Queen Elizabeth was issued in 2013 by six judges of the International Common Law Court and Justice in Brussels. After nearly a year in litigation, Queen Elizabeth and her husband, Prince Philip, were found guilty in the disappearance of 10 native children from the Catholic-run Kamloops Residential School in, in the British Columbia. Grieving parents haven't seen their children since they left for a picnic with the royal couple on October 10th. 1964. Dowd, any thoughts on that? Uh, uh, yeah, just, you know, more of these stupid emails that are sent around. It uh, looks just totally baseless. These courts that they're referring to don't actually exist. They're not recognized by any government on the planet. Uh, it's the, I guess, the website that claimed to document this is no longer up. Uh, right. Some of the uh, places that they claim that she had been visiting to, to prey upon the children, there's no evidence that she'd ever even been there. Uh, you know, this is just, you know, more, more nonsense and, uh, there's a lot of conspiracy kooks out there. A whole lot of them. Well, good riddance in my book. Let's not forget the video of the naked boy trying to escape the palace from a window with bed sheets. There's video of that. If you don't mind uh, looking up that, that would be good. Uh, Matt uh, texts in, every cable channel covers this. Bloody hell. Now I listen it on your station. I turned over to hear Darren White. I'm listening. Go ahead. You want to listen to idiots? Darren White is your supreme idiot. I mean, there you go. Like, like we're covering this. And I did defend him last week uh, uh, for um, at least he decided to resign his position, which is what every politician should do when they're <clears throat> like Jacob Candelaria should definitely resign his position. Uh, uh, pull up that license plate uh, uh, story from 2017, uh, Doubt, if you don't mind. I'm listening to 1041. Not one of my friends gives a flying S about this. I digress. Peace out. Yeah. Well, don't text in. How about that? Uh, and the video this. that people claim to have about this boy escaping the palace, uh, it was a promotion created for the upcoming premiere of the E! Entertainment television series, The Royals. So more more nonsense. Uh, hi, Eddie. Very sad to see the Queen leave. She's been there ever since I was born, and I think she was a remarkable woman. Thank you for sharing this show. You're welcome. This is what we do. We cover it. This is a republic, and we have moved on from being ruled by monarchs. Thank you, George Washington. Now let's keep calm and carry on with freedom. I don't know where I was not calm. Uh, this is just a demarcation point uh, for all of us. So let's leave it there. And I think it's important that we cover it on this day, and we are doing so. Um, think of this as a public service, folks. We are an FCC-regulated radio station, so let's not forget that, uh, what provides your listening. Die was probably killed. Occam's razor, and who benefits? Well, the queen benefited uh, directly. 
uh, the embarrassment, Dodi Fayed, and the rest of the things. I mean, uh, Princess Diana was more powerful than the queen herself, uh, given her uh, ability to go ahead and, you know, gather the attention of every news media organization out there. The world was fixated on Princess Diana uh, when she decided to go ahead and up and leave and uh, Prince Charles. Uh, and I don't know if we've heard any words from Prince Charles uh, as of yet. Um, if we did, we might have carried them here on this air, but uh, I'm not aware. Uh, Eddie, I would have a heart attack too, knowing Liz Truss is PM Frank Arnall in La Vega. Eh, I don't know. I don't know that anybody really knows much about all this stuff, to be quite honest. You know, I, I don't know that anybody can 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 garner uh, doubt the type of, you know, I don't know how, like knowledge depth that we have been able to connect with people here with your sister and the little bit that we do know of all this. And I think we sort of end it there. So anything else that you'd like to probably drop in before we uh, do uh, launch headlong into our actual show here for today? Uh, no, just uh, I'm, I'm glad that uh, that information was sent in. I didn't even know this show, The Royals, existed. It has the very beautiful Elizabeth Hurley, who seems to defy age. I need to check out that program if Elizabeth Hurley's in it. I think there'll be <laughs> lots of attention. There'll be lots of people paying attention to this thing. And uh, let's listen to the last uh, five minutes, if you will. If you don't mind indulging us in the BBC Radio World Service as a country mourns, and uh, you'll literally hear the last five minutes of BBC World Service news on the last day of Queen Elizabeth's reign, who died in Scotland at Balmoral Castle uh, today here on the Year of Our Lord, Thursday, September the 8th uh, here. Thanks for listening in the Kiva. What's the world? Yes, and that's been reflected in dozen upon dozens of tributes from far and wide, not just from the US president and the prime ministers of the countries in which she was head of state, but from countries that we may not necessarily associate with the Queen. We've seen from countries across Africa tributes. The knowledge that the United Nations held a moment of silence for the Queen. I mean, I can't remember another occasion where the, where the UN has done that. That is a measure of someone who was described by her biographer as Queen of the World. She wasn't Queen of the World, literally. But she had a global role, which is very difficult to describe. It is almost a sort of metaphysical thing. So many people had at some point been exposed to her. So many leaders had been exposed to her. You know, we can talk about the fact she'd met every US president except Lyndon Baines Johnson. But you can also talk to things like the tributes from the Irish president and the Irish prime minister looking at her tour of Ireland in 2011, which played such an important part in normalising the relations between two countries who've had such a difficult relationship, both down the decades and down the centuries. It was that soft power, that power of friendship, of relationship, that people are remembering today, mourning today, and that I think we will feel the lack of for many weeks, months, and perhaps years to come. One of the reasons we're, we're in such a period of shock, only beginning the period of shock, mm -hmm. I think, is that uh, the Queen represented such continuity, a 70-year reign, so none of us have ever experienced anything other than the Queen being there. No, it's worth thinking, you know, the, the British Prime Minister, who herself is in office now for only, what, two days? Two days, yeah. She is the first British Prime Minister 
in 70 years to have talked to two monarchs. That is how long Queen Elizabeth has been around. And of course, it's not just measured in prime ministers and, and presidents. It's measured in the enormous social changes that have taken place here in Britain. When she came to the throne, Britain was victorious but exhausted after the Second World War. Britain was a hierarchical society, a deferential society, an almost completely white society, with some significant exceptions, but it was a very white society. It was a place that was a deeply conservative country as well. Now look at it. This is a vibrant, multicultural, multi-ethnic society. All right, there you go. There's your political correctness uh, setting in. And as I told you, as I read uh, Dowd's uh, text, which I thought were very good, I told him at the very end. She put down the renegade. She squashed the opposition. Her presence was needed. Now it's no more. We'll yearn for the times when the likes of Dodi Fayed was quashed. The world needs order. She provided that will be ravaged by the new progressives, as you're just hearing right now, and uh, tradition will be eliminated. Matt continues to uh, spew his uh, anger. Great program, uh, Eddie. By the way, it's somebody else, not Matt. The queen was traditional to a fault, except when she knighted Elton, Mick Jagger, and other anti-Christian figures in that respect. The Queen went along with the uh, Cultural Revolution, and uh, certainly uh, that. Uh, and finally said, uh, Matt, grow a pair. Some of my family actually is from there. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I love this. It is not like you, uh, you are unique in your coverage. We're not trying to be unique. We're providing it as a service here to our listeners. As a matter of fact, you are the herd. God rest your soul, but she means less to me than the old lady down the street that I help out. Quit being a Karen. Said I'll read your pathetic spat. Hour two just for you here in the keyboard. Albuquerque's macro aggression, Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk. I'm 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 Eddie by the DPP 500. I mentioned in hour one that I was able to see how many people listen and watch and all that kind of stuff. The, the numbers are amazing. <clears throat> I just want to thank each and every person out there for continuing to support this radio station, our advertisers, and like, you know, how our advertisers stay on so long? Why do they do so much? You know, why do they do? And we're just in the process of reimaging the station, and we've got a lot of listeners, and I'm very excited about that. Uh, no wonder KKOB was 10th. Uh, and uh, do, do you guys bully, I don't know, the other conservative radio stations? But I've started two other conservative radio stations in addition to my own because I've been so successful at doing it. So uh, up yours and uh, go to fly a kite for all I care at this point. Uh, I really don't care. We provide a service, and if you don't like the first hour of uh, Queen's coverage, uh, too bad. Guess what? We don't have to do it again. Uh, uh, in my lifetime, certainly not, and that was it. So we'll leave it there. Hour one, a lot of fun here with uh, D. Dowd Muska, but we go into hour two just for you with the data dump. Uh, Dowd's going to check out here early. He's got a, a handle, uh, oh, what a feeling over at Toyota, and uh, the horn and all the rest of this stuff. You know, that is a very luxurious uh, sort of way.
waiting area at American Toyota. Have you noticed that, Doug? Uh, yeah, it's very quite nice. Yeah, it is. And, it's, it's and the, the horn problem I announced yesterday, uh, folks. Yeah. It turns out that it's uh, a little more than the horn. Some oh. sort of electrical thing, like maybe the lights won't work anymore. Maybe the oh, turn wow. signals won't work anymore. So my bill has a few more zeros on it than I thought it would be. I'm not in a great mood about that today. But you know what? We ride it out. Uh, the federal government just gave me a big uh, re refund. Oh. They gave hey, me my own money back. Uh, wow. So it's going Please. straight to Larry Miller. <laughs> Larry. Oh, it was Larry Miller. Oh, you're coming up to Eubank side, huh? You uh, no, we got one up here in Alameda. Oh, okay. Larry Miller, uh, the, the big Mormon out of Utah. I'm sorry, uh, Larry H. Miller. I'm sorry. Larry H. <laughs> uh, the H is for hog. Uh, let's do the data dump for today since Dowd's going to check up on out of here. Uh, what do you got, Dowd? Uh, what's the data telling us today? Yeah, folks, it's kind of a short one today because I really think that all of the great economic gods are just, they're not back from the summer. You know, they haven't returned oh. from the vin the vineyard or Malibu or uh, Gestad or, you know, wherever they are. Uh, our, I guess the Davos. big actual uh, real data data uh, mentioned today is the uh, initial claims for unemployment, the applications for unemployment benefits. Uh, good news, it, it dropped, but what they're what the media are trying to do, we had a couple of weeks in a row where the uh, unemployment benefits claims have dropped and they're trying to make this into you know a, a, a booming economy for for uh, creepy Joe, uh, two hundred and twenty two thousand. That's a drop, but it's a drop of only six thousand. So percentage wise, you know, it's not like uh, that's the greatest that's news in, in the world. Uh, and I'm gonna get in. I'm gonna I'm gonna point to point out something that Eddie is uh, always focused on. Uh, and this is a fat. It's almost like they were listening to the show yesterday. The uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics, the uh, United States. Uh, uh, I think it's the Department of Commerce. Bureau of Labor Statistics. Eddie, you're gonna. This one's gonna really interest you. Okay, I'm all ears. Five point five million people in August. Five point five million people were neither employed nor unemployed, and your mind boggles at that at the prospect of that. Basically, it means they weren't working. And they weren't out looking for a job. They wanted a job, but they weren't taking any action to produce a job in their life. Okay, uh, we have a fair number of these people in New Mexico. Like it would be a good idea, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lose any sweat over this. You know, it's kind of a calorie burner. Uh, we're talking about so, five. So, so what's the number exactly? You said five point five million. Is that 5. correct? Five million people. Uh, and right. let me tell you, as all those welfare benefits and STEMI benefits, and as the eviction moratoriums run out, I think a lot of those people are going to be incentivized to go into the job market, uh, whether they'll actually get jobs or not, because they don't exactly appear to be go-getters. Uh, pretty pretty scary. Uh, Eddie, I looked at the longer term, just the last couple decades of this statistic, yeah. and in the Trump era, it was kind of interesting, uh, a significant number of that group of people, uh, people who kind of in general want a job, but they're not willing to go out and actually do anything. Uh, Trump cut those numbers pretty significantly. I'm going to give you the number when he was elected. Uh, the number of people who want a job but aren't really doing anything about it, uh, it was 5.9 5 million people. Uh, that was the number for Trump. He actually got that number down just before the Rona to right. under 5 million. He lopped about 900,000 people during his administration uh, off of the rolls of the interested but not doing any work to actually get a job. And that was one of the amazing things about the Trump only four years of a presidency when you had record low unemployment for various minority groups. You had people coming off the sidelines because the economy was uh, really quite, quite, quite strong. So uh, this is a group of people we're going to be monitor monitoring uh, moving forward. And the only Can other- I jump in? Can I jump in? Sure. Okay. So um, I'm going to stop everything here because 
I want you to understand how seismic this is. So we'll put it all in perspective for you so that you understand what doubt has just laid on you. He told you 5.5 million people in addition to the 1.6 unemployment insurance claim. Donald Trump in February of 2020 had an unemployment rate without that. He just told you 900,000. Isn't that, did I hear that right? Uh, During his four years, he took 900,000 people off the rolls of interested, but not working for a job to actually entering the workforce. So pretty good number. So the the number was uh, at that point, it was probably what, about a million slackers. Now we've got five times that at 5.5. Folks, the real unemployment rate number. When Donald Trump started the RONA, when he was in office in the February 2020, the unemployment rate was 3.5% with everybody participating. Add an additional 5 million, 5.5 million of unemployed people that are there. And currently you have Joe Biden bragging about a 3.7% unemployment rate. And you take 3 million, we talked about this yesterday, 3 million people out of the workforce entirely, okay? They're just removed, they're gone. And let's just go ahead and lump them and let's be slightly optimistic into those 5.5 million people, which is reasonable. Folks, you're actually looking at a real unemployment rate number of somewhere between 7.2 to 8.2% in real numbers. You took 3 million people. It's really easy to do. I'm I'm taking a look right now at the total number of unemployed people at 6 million. Unemployment insurance claims at 1.6 million. Unemployment rate at 3.7. If you remove those numbers from Donald Trump and you say, well, total unemployed people, that, that's, that's there, which is remove the 900,000, you put us at 5.1. And the unemployment insurance claims that were there at that time, you're looking at a real unemployment rate of somewhere between 7.2 to 8.2% as far as I can possibly gauge. That's about right in terms of summing up uh, the difference between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. This is a fake unemployment rate number based upon what doubt has just laid out there for us. Yeah, and you and you you know it's problematic because it's the number one stat they always trot out when people talk about the economy softening or a recession. They say, "Look at the unemployment number." Well, even that is deeply problematic and you know, we we run the numbers and, and show you uh hey, I just can't believe 5.5 million people in this country right now who in theory want a job but are taking no affirmative steps every day uh, to go get one. I, I know it's a cliche, but uh, when you're out of work and you need a job, you know, your job is getting a job. I, I, I know we've all heard that phrase over and over again, but you've got to get up every day and treat it like your job is to get that job. Uh, pretty, pretty interesting stat. And, you know, frankly, the Bureau of Labor Statistics released this uh, on their blog today, and uh, I wanted to, to highlight it. The only other two data points I will mention before I get the heck out of here and start paying that bill at the dealership is Europe. The European Central Bank, they have raised their interest rate by a historic 75 basis point. The European Central Bank raised the interest rate, the largest amount since the earliest days of Europe's currency union. They are moving aggressively to combat record inflation. We've seen the numbers on that. At the same time, uh, Belgium, the Belgian prime minister, Alexander de Croo, he is frankly sounding a heck of a, a heck of an alarm. He says that Europe needs to act immediately to address, you guessed it, 
the energy crisis, and I would say mostly self-inflicted energy crisis, or risk the kind of fundamental economic shutdown that the European Union would struggle uh, would struggle to recover from. I'm going to give you the quote. Quote, a few weeks like this, and the European nope. economy will just nope. go to a full stop. Before. We can't hear you. We, we'll pick it up there. Forward, find out, check out, back in three. Thanks for listening. It's everything I wish I did, you know. 518 here in the Kiva. That'll wrap up uh, his little missive uh, there on some very important stats. Folks, the actual unemployment rate is somewhere between. 7.2 and 8.2 percent. Uh, I read something else uh, earlier on the very thing right there, and uh, I don't think we're too far off. 5.5 million people neither claiming on insurance uh, employment or participating in any unemployment. They're just, I guess, working the gig economy, I suppose. Uh, I'm not sure what else. We'll talk about uh, green energy. We'll continue on that. I just got a text out. Uh, this is horrible. It says, uh, hi, it's Renew New Mexico. Thank you for supporting clean energy. What? What, what the hell are you talking? When did I sign up for this? Someone signed me up for this. Our officials will vote on affordable energy options soon. Will they? What? 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 What, vote, what legislature? Is there a legislative session on right now? I don't. I don't know that anybody's going to be doing that. Will you sign our petition to support equity, equitable community solar companies? Hell no. Hell to the no. Uh, no way, no how. It's just not going to happen. Let's so, take uh, two terrible ideas, equity and green energy, and combine yeah. them into one. Oh, uh, RG uh, sent in an email. I'm going to get to that, uh, Dowd, because i got to get your take on it. Uh, uh, article I actually had ready for from the uh, Epic Times because, you know, everyone is suddenly catching up on the news. I think it was last, what, Wednesday when we talked about that California was going to ban all gasoline-powered vehicles by 2030. Like, people are just getting to the news a week later. This is why you want to stay locked in uh, to the Kiva. So you'll have the stuff that people will be talking a week from now, way ahead of time. And uh, like Dowd said on the 61 hours on what Jeff called in, we appreciate Jeff's phone call, but uh, Dowd was 61 hours ahead of uh, Jeff on that because we're reading everything, and that's important. Uh, competitive ahead of the curve. Uh, if you want to hear what talk show hosts are going to be talking about a, a week and a half from now, just listen to the Kiva today. So uh, there you go. Dowd, uh, please continue and wrap it up. Yeah, folks. Uh, sorry for stepping on the hard break. Oh, it's funny. Eddie talks about Renew New Mexico. I'm looking at their website right now. Really beautiful cool. picture of, of Shiprock. They always, the, 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 they always pick the a, most beautiful We have parts. a beautiful picture of Shiprock today, by yeah. the way, yeah. on our uh, rocketstock.tv. Yeah, yeah. Most of the energy production in New Mexico is not in the most environmentally sensitive places. It's way down there in the southeast corner where it's kind of like a, a giant desert. But that's just a particular bugaboo of mine. The people of Renew New Mexico don't know who uh, Alexander de Croo is. He's the prime minister of Belgium. Belgium. And listen to what this uh, official said about uh, how wonderful green energy is working out for Europe. Quote, a few weeks like this and the European economy will just go into a full stop. Recovering from that is going to be much more complicated than intervening in gas markets today. The risk is deindustrialization and severe risk of fundamental social unrest, 
close quote. Uh, I don't think Belgians are known for uh, being, uh, you know, flying off the handle and being unreasonable. Uh, that's the prime minister of Belgium talking about the European economy, uh, a place that is sort of at the mercy of uh, the green vision, folks. So, uh, Eddie, maybe I'll just send a quick uh, update to our phone, our friends over there at Renew New Mexico. I'll send the Bloomberg story link to them and uh, ask them what their thoughts about how well green power uh, is working out there over in Europe. Uh, folks, I got to run, but I will see everybody tomorrow for our Friday show. Uh, did a little culling of the Española police blotter as usual. Oh, is that <laughs> tomorrow? The, is that the best. Pick the best of the best for Eddie. Uh, and folks, you're going to have fun tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Uh, Dowd, uh, thanks everything for everything that you're uh, doing. Uh, let me read this to you because this is on the, the, the backs of exactly what we were just talking about, which is the Green New Energy push. This coming from the Epic Times. Thanks, Jam, for uh, sending this in. Or RG, excuse me, uh, for sending this in. And, and I'm looking at this. Greenpeace founder. Uh, okay, I understand was the response. I hope you will consider supporting us in the future. Hell no. This green energy, like there's nobody more energy efficient than me. Seriously, I've got a scooter. I hardly drive. I do, you know, you know, basic things. I think I, today I put in, I always, I think I told you about this. Uh, I got into this during the 2020. You know, I was uh, putting $20.20 for a long time. Um, I think I was getting at that point, I don't know, nearly 10 gallons worth of gas, nine, 10 gallons worth of gas. And I do the 2020 and then we throw the Trump sticker on there and like, oh yeah, here you go. And now we're paying $70 to fill my tank at $70, 70 cents, which is less than the $107 and 07 cents that I ultimately spent when gas was at its peak. But Biden's doing everything he possibly can to go ahead and ratchet it down so he can get uh, his guys reelected because he's afraid of being impeached. I think that is at this point uh, uh, an imperative move by the Republicans to try and do that, uh, given the attack on Donald Trump. They don't have to de uh, defend Donald Trump, but they probably should, based upon what we've seen from Hunter and the other things that are happening, probably try our, try to do our very best to try and impeach uh, Joe Biden. Uh, I mean, two years, it's sort of like the four years that we got from Michelle Lujan Grisham. It's disastrous between crime and the economy and the uh, destruction. I mean, if you drive up and down Central, if you drive you know, across Eubank or Juan Tabo or anything like this, shuttered restaurant after shuttered restaurant. I mean, this is not an economy that people can really thrive on. And her very first initiative was to pass the uh, Green New Energy, uh, uh, you know, act of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, you know, and the rest of the uh, gang of four, what they were doing up in uh, Washington, D.C. And then today, the Epic Times, we saw what happened last week. Uh, 2035, banned in all of California. And then we see today, well, 17 states are joining in with California. And wouldn't you know it that New Mexico is going to be one. Now, poor people, people who are living paycheck to paycheck, uh, who are trying, like, they cannot afford a $50,000, whatever you call it, electric vehicle, Teslas, the the... The niece, I mean, they're, all these electric vehicles, in my opinion, are something that are only going to be hurting poor people. Delaware, New Mexico, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Nevada now have regulations requiring a certain percentage of vehicles sold to be zero emission by a specific date. Okay. So if we go through each of these, and, you know, the great thing about all of this, this is New Mexico clean cars, clean air. 
New Mexico adopts clean cars standards. Now, I told you there's two reasons to leave New Mexico. One, if we have ranked choice voting, leave. The second is if we decide to go ahead and adopt this uh, 2035 standard adopted. And remember, we have the number one and the number six oil producing counties in the entire country, Eddy and Lee County. Actually, Lee and Eddy County is uh, number one and number six. New Mexico adopts clean cars standards. Today, the New Mexico Environment and Par- uh, Improvement Board and the City of Albuquerque, Berlioz County, I'm reading here, Berlioz County Air Quality Control Board voted to adopt clean cars rules after public hearings on the 4th and the 5th of May. Adoption of the rules follows a robust stakeholder engagement process over the year. The clean car rule will go to effect, go into effect in the model year 2026. Who's written about this? Who's talked about this? Has the Albuquerque Journal, has KOAT, has KRQE, has, K- has anybody talked about this? No. With expected incentives in the approved rule, electric vehicles could begin to fill showrooms as early as July of 2022. What money on what financing? The mortgage rate is at a 14-year high today, folks. 5.89%. The interest rates are going to be pushed up. We're going to blast through six now in the mortgage rates, okay? Car rates are higher than mortgage rates. No one can afford this crap. And that's exactly what this is. Clean car rule. I'm, I'm just thinking about like teachers. I'm thinking of, you know, people who are blue collar workers. Like how can you get them to afford this green energy initiative? It's ridiculous. Arriving in showrooms 2025 with expected incentives in the approved rule, electric vehicles could begin to fill showrooms as early as July. The New Mexico Clean Cars Air Coalition, over 35 organizations across the state supported the rules. Transportation is the second largest contributor to greenhouse gas emissions. Uh, at this point, we're not in a position to save the world. New Mexico, uh, at this point, cannot even save itself. <clears throat> Harming New Mexico's air and environment. Look at the beautiful, clean air we have here. Our population will never, in the state of New Mexico, get past 2.2 million people. It just won't. We have way too many silver hair ponytails that are moving in, too many people who are empty nesters, people who are looking to retire on the cheap, uh, especially in the cash-based economy of Santa Fe, another outlying rural environs. Transportation-related pollutants are linked to many adverse health effects. What about the shot? What about the vaccine? Including decreases in lung function, inflammation of airways, aggravated asthma, Increased risk of cancer, damage to the immune system, and neurological, reproductive, developmental, and other health problems. The clean care standards consist of zero-emission vehicles and low-emission vehicle standards. This is what we've adopted, May 4th and May 5th of this year. In April, the Mexico Clean Cars Coalition, consisting of 35 businesses. No, you're not a business if you put your agenda ahead of your own business, if you're cutting off your own throat. Local agencies, unions, unions, released a letter supporting the rulemaking process. The coalition applauds this action by Michelle Lujan Grisham and Mayor Tim Keller. Here are the quotes from them. Clean cars make sense for New Mexico, says Tammy Feiglecorn uh, of Southwest Energy Efficiency Project. I believe that she is a city councilor now, right, or a county commissioner. Clean cars will save us money, conserve gasoline, protect our health, and help preserve our climate. New Mexico's adoption of clean car rule is an important first step towards shifting away from fossil fuel, says Aaron Kessing, transportation electrification manager of Western Resource Advocates. 
Kathy Harris, clean vehicles advocate, NRDC, Natural Resources Defense Council. None of these are businesses. As the devastating wildfires in the state make clear, we need to accelerate efforts to cut dangerous carbon pollution and transition to a cleaner economy. Ridiculousness. I'll continue. I'll pick it up here. We'll talk more about unions. We'll talk more about clean energy. And I'll take your phone calls. Why not? Uh, here this afternoon on the day the Queen passed on AM1600 KIVABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com. Download the app at rockoftalk.tv, rockoftalk.com, right now on any Android or Apple device. here in the Kiva. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. One of only Kiva, a rock of top, AM 600 FM. I think we just need voices to be heard. Uh, I have a strong voice. You know where I stand on this. Uh, doubt is checked out. So if you want to jump in on this, this is a good time because I know a lot of you think, oh, what's over there in California isn't happening over here. Uh, it's. I just told you. Like, this all passed May 4th, May 5th, right under your noses. Nobody wrote about it. Nobody talked about it. They bragged and bragged about the marijuana revenue growth. They, they brag about all these things, but no one's talking about the fact that New Mexico has adopted these things ahead of California. We've made a commitment. We're going. They're just not saying it because this uh, would literally kill Michelle Lujan Grisham's chances uh, for reelection. Do you want to go ahead and get the information out on this? Uh, the way to do that is to make sure that you guys get your voices heard. So we'll take a couple of uh, quick calls uh, on this. Call you in the Kiva. Go ahead. Hey, Eddie, how you doing? I'm good. Go ahead. You mentioned the uh, national average, like, what, 7.8 or whatever, 7.8 to 8.2? No, 7.2 to 8.2%. Uh, somebody actually just texted in just now. They wanted to know what the unemployment rate was for New Mexico. It'd probably be... Yes, it's, yes. It's, I, I'm it's, curious about New Mexico. I'm thinking it's probably somewhere between 9, 9.5%, 10% unemployment. Uh, based upon the people who are not looking for work, who have checked out, you look at the labor participation rate, you know, I've got the U.S. unemployment total numbers right here, 3.7% uh, when Donald Trump, uh, before, when he was president, during the time that he gave his great uh, speech, the unemployment rate was 3.5%. Uh, you might remember that it climbed as high as 14.7% nearly two months later right. because everybody, you know, checked out of the whole entire thing. But these are numbers that would be absolutely devastating to Michelle Lujan Grisham's re-election chances, but no one's talking about this because they're, the, the news exactly media right. is snow-blowing over all of this. Go ahead. Yeah, exactly right. You know, but, but I'm upset. I'm upset at the New Mexico school board. Okay, have been for years. I sent text messages to the academic directors at CNM. I'm taking CNM classes out there, and all we do is create jobs for sustaining jobs for a lifetime here in New Mexico. We, 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 we don't create any jobs after the sustaining jobs only supposed to last you six months out of high school. You're supposed to move on. You know, with, with all these big factors, everything moving in, you know, uh, you know, call centers, everything else like this. Everybody's just locked into these sustaining jobs for 20 or 30 years. They start complaining and they want to raise minimum wage and that just creates inflation. We need to move those people out of sustaining jobs into other jobs after six months or a year. Okay, and then that opens up the door for more people to move into and replacing those people. And it just keeps, you keep climbing the ladder, you keep climbing the financial ladder, and it, and it benefits everybody. 
Well, one of the things I've been talking about is incentives. And the only way that you can get people to climb the you know, financial uh, ladder is to incentivize them to make it uh, more profitable for them to make more money. How do you do that? Not having regressive taxes. One of the reasons why we don't have billionaires here in the state of New Mexico is we punish people who have a lot of money. Uh, generally, people who have a lot of money create more jobs, create more businesses, create more opportunity, and uh, bring other people with capital here. And you don't have those types of jobs that could be created beyond the agenda-driven, you know, eco uh, freaks that are out there driving everything when it comes to green new energy. And we know the Solyndras. I mean, we know the uh, the solar companies that have been here in the marketplace have all failed because they've been advanced money and they can't create a profit. So it never becomes a business. It's just been, been driven by an agenda. So the very thing that TVI, well, it's not TVI anymore. What is it called? <coughs> CNM, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. So they're, they're creating these jobs for, I mean, they're creating the education for jobs that will never exist because you can't, you can create a sustainable type of of a business line if it were a business, but you can't actually create a sustainable business out of those because it doesn't make sense. The solar panels are catching fire. Uh, the green new energy cars, is, the startup cost is, is too much. You don't actually uh, profit off of an electric vehicle until like 7.8 years or something along those lines. So this doesn't make sense. So here we are, we're adopting things that are driven by an agenda. These 17 states will all fail when it comes to adopting what California has done, but we here in New Mexico have adopted ahead of time, uh, uh, ahead of what California did. Correct, and we can all blame on governor for that as far as tax breaks and everything else for these companies to come in. Nobody, yeah, gets, nobody gets tax breaks. What are you talking about? There's no tax breaks here in New Mexico. I appreciate well, it. Well, agendas, you know, yeah. you know, like the movie industry and so forth and et cetera. You, you know what you call those? Those aren't tax breaks. Those are kickbacks. True. That's exactly right. There. All right. Great, great call. I appreciate okay, thank it. You, thank you, sir. Absolutely. 550-5500. Caller, you're in the Kiva. Go ahead. Caller, going once. You there? Going twice? Hello, hello. Check in. Not there. Okay, so let's continue with some of these quotes uh, from what we adopted May 4th and May 5th. And I know a lot of you, it's a surprise. But this is these are the very things that the union is adopting. Uh, I can't hear myself too well. Uh, these are the things that the union is adopting. These are things that uh, your uh, legislative uh, or legislators that are driven by an agenda are adopting. Uh, here's Liliana Castillo. She says, uh, as part of the Climate Advocates Voces Unidas. I'm, I'm so tired of these, these groups, these agencies. <laughs> United Voices for Climate. Clean car rules will open new doors for cleaner air and healthier communities. Have you seen a more unhealthy community than the state of New Mexico, Albuquerque, and <laughs> other environments? You have, uh, I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> Nothing is healthy. Look at the crime rate, stolen cars. Uh, acts of violence, like you are in the top 50 environs in, uh, cities in the world right now on a per capita basis for, for murders, assaults. It's crazy. We're, we're like on par with like Bogota, Colombia, believe it or not. That's crazy. By reducing, she says, dirty vehicle pollution and addressing climate change, we applaud Governor Lujan Grisham. Have you ever seen a bigger commitment to losing than what New Mexico has committed to with Michelle Lujan Grisham? Governor Lujan Grisham and Tim Keller for continuing to move New Mexico toward a thriving, resilient climate. 
and economy for all communities. Do you think anything is resilient and uh, prosperous about this economic climate? There's nothing. And adopting these new standards are only going to make poor people even poorer. I drove my children to school today. And when I drove them to school, we drove up and down Central. And I cut over from Louisiana up from Louisiana, Wyoming. Have you seen the hellhole that Albuquerque has become from Louisiana, Wyoming on Central? Even the grocery stores have shut down. The CVS is shut. Everything's shut down. Lindo Mexico is open. You can go get mariscos. That's great. I love it. I love my my my, my mariscos, but uh, the Thailand uh, supermarket still open. But everything else, uh, top to bottom, is pretty much uh, closed down. 550-5500. Caller, you are in the Kiva. Go ahead. Edgar Aragon, the Oracle of Albuquerque. How are you, sir? What's going on, Frank? How's it going? <laughs> I'm here on La Vega, not enough, bro. Oh, I'm in the bosque. What's happening over there? What What do you got to say? Are you going to get a new new clean, uh, clean car? Negative, brother. I did a little bit of time with the city of Albuquerque's Vehicle Pollution Management Division. It's all a farce. A card car, meaning California Air Resource Bureau certified. And let me tell you what, Albuquerque, New Mexico, it takes precedence over EPA. Carbright EPA rule because California is California. It's going to add about 5K to the cost of a car because of a different type of algorithm in the car's computer. Bigger catalytic converter loaded with more platinum, palladium, and everything else. We're never going to see it again because we sanctioned them from Russia. So I don't know if this law will ever go into effect. I don't know if we'll ever see a green car, but let's perhaps play the part that we do. It's just a farce. City of Albuquerque spent a lot of money, millions of dollars, along with state grants, federal grants, trying to build an infrastructure to plug cars in. It never came to fruition. There's a few up and down downtown. A bunch of them got vandalized. CNG had its time and place. Bunch of Schedule 120 pipe buried under the 4th Street City Yard. You know, one of the biggest problems of ozone attainment in the Rio Grande Valley is ethanol because it spews ozone as part of its exhaust. Oh, wow. Google it if you want. That. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and good old Mayor Marty Chavez decided, well, we're going to up the ante on ethanol oxygenated fuels and we're going to contribute to this problem while we're trying to correct it it's an oxymoron i i kind of like some electric vehicles here and there but if one was to take the time to see how much it takes in minerals to make one 18 500 battery which is the industry standard it would blow most people away I don't think it would ever happen. And for Michelle Lujan Grisham to impose this type of tax mandate on the poorest, most uneducated people in the union, it is sinful and shameful. And folks need to wake up. But we're about to reelect her if this information doesn't get out. The unemployment rate is twice of what it currently is here in the state of New Mexico. We're looking at about uh, four and a half, uh, five percent roughly. 
uh, we're probably close to 10%. And then, you know, the tax that has come by way of inflation, everything is considerably more expensive. People are complaining about how expensive things are at the store. There's no new businesses uh, that are coming in. And we continue to go ahead and give the kickbacks to the film uh, industry. Frank, I'm going to put you on hold. I want to ask you a couple more questions. Got to hit a hard break right here in the Akiba. But this is important, folks. And, and I want to talk uh, a little bit more directly to the electric vehicle battery. And a lot of people who appear to be woke and interested in the future don't understand just how those whole entire things get recycled. If ever, they don't. These are bad things, these lithium-ion batteries. And we'll talk about that uh, when we return to kick off another segment uh, here in the Kiva on AM 1600 KIV, ABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com. Yep, the uh, new Mexico Environmental Law Center weighs in as well on the electric vehicles. something and that would be like well i got a honda accord well i got a honda accord and now it's become like this conspicuous consumption if you drive a subaru if you drive a tesla like we can tell where you vote and i think this is uh jump the shark uh entirely frank from uh, arenal and la vega certainly agrees with that uh, but li- just listen to this frank i gotta test it you know because you're from the south valley my family grew up on la vega and uh you know up and down that uh, windy road my uh, aunt owned a lot of property up and down there. You, you know, she used to like her little 57 Chevy and all the rest of those classic cars. Can you imagine if you forced her uh, to be compliant and by 2045 she had to get some sort of a green new energy vehicle? If not, she would be taxed to the hilt. Uh, the Clean Air Act, it's a federal law requiring states to implement federal vehicle emission standards or opt under Section 177 to follow California's more stringent requirement. That is the entire country. That's where we are. And New Mexico has decided on the 4th and the 5th, and Frank, I hate to disagree with you on this, but we have already adopted this. These standards are part of what one of the reasons we have to elect Mark Ronchetti or just replace and impeach Michelle Lujan Grisham if she were to get reelected again. These are the types of things that will absolutely kill the good people of La Vega Road. You know, it's not going to happen, Frank. Well, I signed the M- impeach MLG form, bro, and I didn't do it at all, folks, but I should have. But anywho, I'm telling the folks of the state of New Mexico how corrupt, and if they only open their eyes in Bernalillo County, there is another sector of government that just like Joe Biden's speech, they, they do meet in the cover of darkness, and they are known as the Albuquerque, Bernalillo County Air Quality Control Board. People need to know who these folks are because they literally meet at midnight to conduct their agenda. Hey, Frank, why, are- why do you have to bite the hand that feeds you? These are the people who gave you the hookup, the city jobs, the county jobs. No. Yeah, I retired, Vato. Now I'm living all sick. Oh, orale. It's all opulent and stuff. You can, you can get a, a double wide instead of just a single wide in the South Valley now. 
Oh, next to La Vega, bro, all you need is the water in the ditch <laughs> and an ulcer in your cherry. Orale, that's great. A, a nice chimichang. So are these people really meeting, you know, is it, you know, behind? Yeah, no, no. Google it. Google it. Google okay. it, Eddie. Google Air, Albuquerque Air Quality Control Board. See how many PhDs are sitting on this board. I didn't call in just to call in. I might have been... I might have gone a Rio Grande Ernie pile in Armijo, but I wasn't born yesterday. My my family, you probably know my mom, you know, she went to Ernie pile. My dad went to Ernie pile. My mom uh, went to uh, uh, Rio Grande and, you know, my dad went to Highland. So, you know, these are people who are deeply invested in the community who care, who have generations involved here and you're forcing them to do what the, the crazy white people are doing up in Washington state, Jay Inslee and stuff. And, you know, the sad thing working for the city as an auditor for the vehicle pollution program was everybody that failed the Bernalillo County City of Albuquerque emissions test was a poor person. This is a tax on the poor man. It is. Yep. Techno- poor people. Technology, technology cleaned the air. Once OBD2 onboard diagnostic second generation was implemented in 1996, these computers are running faster. They're checking the heartbeat of everything. Cars got a lot cleaner, especially when you got rid of carburetors. And let me tell you, at 5,000 feet with a batch of ethanol, that is a carburetor's worst, worst nightmare because ethanol, alcohol, hates rubber parts. You got to go to a product called Viton. Anywho, that's here nor there. But boy, I am so sad to hear that it's already law. And here's something else to ponder. 20 years ago, dang near to the day, the director of the Environmental Health Department was fired. And now, no, he wasn't the director. He's the director now. How do these people keep coming back? Oh, one on Hell Martinez. Ooh, calling him out, giving him a shout out. There's nothing smarter than a vato from the South Valley, Frank Vermontanol. Thank you so much, dude. You're you're amazing. I love you. I I've always appreciated your, you. your your contributions and just the amount of information that's right there, folks. Take everything from the notes and see what Frank has told you, and he's uh, absolutely dropped a lot of knowledge here on Albuquerque Market. Uh, good stuff. Uh, five fifty, fifty, five hundred. Call you in the Kiva. Go ahead. Hi, Eddie. This is Neil. Neil, what's going on? How's it going? Well, um, I'm a frequent writer of texts and lurker, and this is my first time calling in. Thanks for asking me to call in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, First of all, love your show. Uh, You are very conservative. You're probably as conservative as I am, if not more so. And uh, you represent a lot of people and their opinions. So every time you say a word, it's, it's, uh, it's probably a few thousand or few million people in this country that would agree with you um about about um about energy in this country you know there is a grain of truth in saying that crazy white people in washington are making this happen i think it's rich white liberals that you know it sounds good on paper to have green energy oh let's use wind let's use solar it's free but um uh and i've written this before but um uh, I know an electrical engineer. He he heats his cabin up in T. Harris with uh, with just uh, hot air, hot sol- solar heated air. And I said, "Why do you do that? Why don't you use solar panels?" He said, "They're only slightly more efficient than they were in the '70s." And um, another thing I have to say is, um, I think that um, 
this whole thing for electric vehicles is a false economy because the grid can't support all these cars charging. And besides, New Mexico uses coal for electricity, I think 30%, if I'm not mistaken, if, if I read that right on the Internet. So um, it, it's kind of just passing the buck for emissions. It, it's not emissions-free. It's, it's, if anything, it's, it's causing more. Um, I think gasoline well, is fairly clean. I, I think their point, to make a clarification, what they're arguing is the emissions test itself but they're not actually talking about in totality, you know, the overall contribution against Mother Earth, as they would call it, uh, in terms of the half-life of the lithium and the various other components that make up their energy-saving causes. So I think you, you and I are taking it in totality. They are not. They're looking at one element. And that's how they're negotiating their sales pitch uh, to the people of New Mexico or wherever they're doing it across the country. Yeah, and I, I think when you have a market push, pushed by the government, it, it leads to a lot of unintended consequences. Um, I'm, I'm sure Dowd has found this out in his researches. I think it'd be very interesting to find out how the market worked. When Henry Ford first came out with the first practical car that was 300 bucks, I think it was the Model, Model T, the most popular car ever sold, I think it was. You know, gas stations, the government didn't have to come out and say, hey, you're going to build all these gas stations. Gas stations naturally appeared because of the invisible hand of commerce and um, and profit. Somebody wanted to make profit, and they said, oh, I'll build a gas station over here. And, um, and, and I think it just kind of naturally, organically grew out of a market need, which is how things should happen. You can't have the government say, you know, you, you have to have solar panels on your on your house. Um, because, for instance, what about your roof? What if you have an asphalt asphalt shingle roof? I mean, what what if it has a leak? Do you have to have the solar guy come and tear them out? I mean, there's so many unintended consequences with all this. I think people are just blinded by the fact that solar and wind are free, but they're not really free. There are other costs. Are people paying the premium to feel better about what they're purchasing because of what other people have told them is good or bad? Or do you think they come to a conclusion that they've done their study, they've done their homework, and they actually do believe themselves that they are saving the planet or, you know, not leaving a carbon footprint or whatever the hell their their intent happens to be? Do you actually think that they're being told or do they do their own homework? I think that's the most important question because a lot of these people, in my opinion, are just doing what other people are telling them. But uh, I would hope that uh, maybe they would f have found something on their own that would uh, force them to disagree with my premise. Well, in my opinion, you know, my sister got after me because she watches the mainstream news and she goes, don't you believe anything? And I said, not really. And, and just like the mainstream news, I think a lie told often enough eventually becomes accepted truth. And I think people just hear the propaganda and they just, they just go with the flow and buy in. They, they, they get along, they, they, they get along to go, get along. Yeah, no, it's go along to get along, but yeah. Go along to get along. That's what I was trying to say. Thank you. And um, I think, unfortunately, a lot of people just at a corollary would be, or an analogy maybe, I don't know if that's the right word, but just as people, I think a lot of people get their news from MSNBC and CNN and, and all these uh, major outlets of news, I think they get their information from similar sources and they just go, well, uh, conventional wisdom is this, so I'll just do it and I'll be a good citizen at the same time and feel good about myself. I think it's as simple as that if you listen to Occam's Razor. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. Yeah, we used to have Dan Butterfield here. I tried reaching out to him, but it is the simplest explanation uh, seems to be true. It seems to be the very thing that they are being told is what they believe. 
They don't want to think. And I think the biggest problem in this country, Neil, is that people don't read. Oh, there we go. We got the whole family coming in. Uh, I, I will tell you, it's that they they don't do their own reading. They don't do their own research and they get all of their information from one source. So it's easy to sort of uh, corral the masses. Great call, Neil. Thanks for uh, calling in. I sincerely appreciate it. 550 5500 and uh, Occam's razor is the simplest explanation is probably the right one. And uh, that is certainly the case here. But we have adopted this uh, hook, line and sinker. I think there's a de- to the detriment of all New Mexicans because we are not a very rich. Uh, I think our median income is about 51,000. I think we've got a hell of a lot of PhDs who are telling all the very poor people you know, more or less what to do. They think that they have their bright ideas. They can test out their knowledge. Uh, they can run their, you know, Oppenheimer experiments. Hey, after all, this is the home of the atomic bomb. Hour two in the books, hour three on the way. You and me right here in the TV. This is The Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA Albuquerque. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. The President and First Lady are mourning the death of Queen Elizabeth. A statement said the Queen was a steadying presence in a world of constant change for decades. The Biden citing the Queen's unwavering commitment to duty and the imperable power of her example. Other leaders reacting to the death of the Queen, including Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. She was thoughtful, wise, curious, helpful, funny, and so much more. Her son Charles, the Prince of Wales, will assume the throne and will go by King Charles III. A public defender will represent the man accused of kidnapping and killing Eliza Fletcher in Memphis. Cleotha Henderson was in court on Thursday. That's where a judge denied a motion for the public defender's office to be removed from the case because of a conflict of interest due to previous representations of Henderson in a prior kidnapping case. Border agents are keeping millions of dollars of drugs out of California communities. The Border Patrol saying agents seized about $2.8 million worth of drugs at the Calexico and Andre ports of entry in Imperial County over the course of a week. The Pentagon is stopping deliveries of the F-35 aircraft due to a part being made in China. That's a violation of defense acquisition rules, but the Pentagon explains it's not a security issue. Lockheed Martin has already found another source for the part. Top Biden administration officials will be on the road to mark the anniversary of the 9-11 terrorist attacks. The White House saying the president will speak at the Pentagon. Meanwhile, Vice President Harris and the second gentleman will be in New York City. Follow us on Facebook at USA Radio. You're listening to USA Radio News. You know, it's true. Difficult times have a way of focusing us. We have to think about what matters most when it comes to our spending, our health care, No doubt, this is why so many people are joining MediShare right now. MediShare is a trusted way to save up to 50% on your monthly healthcare costs. More than 400,000 people have already made the switch. It's pretty obvious why too, especially now during this challenging season with healthcare costs and out-of-pocket expenses going up, MediShare can save you a lot of money. The typical family saves $500 a month. 
And MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry that's worked beautifully for 29 years. There are different options to choose from to fit your budget. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Maybe now is the perfect time to make the switch and start saving. Here you go. Call 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. California's grid operator continues to warn that continuous record high temperatures could lead to rolling outages. Appearing on Fox Business, Kansas Republican Senator Roger Marshall criticizes the state's energy policies, claiming they're expensive and unreliable. I think energy policy, environmental policy, we should always talk about those together, but we have to take into account affordability and reliability. Last week, lawmakers in California passed a bill that invests over $50 billion in climate change measures while supporting the state's last nuclear power plant. Washington, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser is declaring a public emergency over the illegal immigrants being bussed from Texas. Bowser saying her city is creating a special office to deal with the influx of illegal immigrants. Roughly 8,000 have been dropped off by Texas over the span of about five months. The mayor and other city leaders in the district proudly claim they're a sanctuary city. Most Americans want a maximum age limit for elected officials. That's according to a new poll from CBS News and YouGov. Over 70% of those polled say there should be an upper age restriction that would force lawmakers to leave office. Only 27% say they didn't agree with the idea. 70 received the most votes for what the appropriate age cutoff would be. For USA Radio News, I'm Tim Berg. Hi, I'm Wayne Alaroot. If you like my radio show, you're going to love my podcast, War Raw. Each podcast, I present my top 10 most outrageous, salacious, and controversial stories of the week. I break down the best of the best raw truth stories for conservatives, libertarians, patriots, taxpayers, Trumpers, and deplorables. Anyone who appreciates God, guns, gold, and tax cuts will stand up and cheer for War Raw. Check out this week's War Raw podcast right now. It's available to download at iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, or wherever you listen to podcasts. War Raw. War Raw. Six oh six in the five oh five with more four one one here for the third hour here on this Thursday on AM six hundred Kia the Eddie the Rock of Talk dot com Roku TV Amazon Fire Apple TV Podcasting Stitcher SoundCloud Spotify and don't forget you can subscribe to the notes at uh, Rock of Talk chat didn't put the notes out today. Only because the queen and you knew what I was going to be covering and all that other kind of stuff. So uh, we we covered that first hour. It's a necessary evil, folks. That's just the way it is. I'm sorry you were disappointed about the first hour. But, you know, if the everyone else and you see things through the prism of us, you will want to know what we think about what has happened in the world today when it's breaking, pressing, um, and timely. Don't forget, folks, we are live 24 hours a day beginning at 11 p.m. Sunday, all the way to 3 a.m. on Saturday. That is uh, absolutely live, 24 hours a day. I have moved Clyde Lewis, ground zero. It is absolutely jumped up our listening. Uh, the time spent listening has uh, jumped up since Clyde has been on. You know, I put Clyde on back in 2011. He was uh, the third person that I switched on over to. Uh, we had Alex Jones, we had um, you know, Michael Savage, and then I put on, yeah, like Ground Zero. And 
you know, he has been uh, just absolutely banging it out for a long time. And he's always tackling the uh, tough subjects that nobody seems to want to touch. And I really appreciate Clyde. So uh, become a subscriber uh, of Clyde as well, his uh, Ground Zero. I guess everyone's doing subscriptions. But uh, for me, I'm just going to keep turning out. Uh, if I don't know when they're going to charge for the app, but I'm okay. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to continue to shell it out because you guys need share it. It's free. It's there. It's yours. Uh, just go ahead and jump on top of it. Uh, I'm happy to provide it. I've been providing it out of my own pocket for a long period of time. And, you know, frankly, I don't care. I think I spend over 600 bucks just for the people who are streaming it on TV. Um, we just got to get more advertisers here on the radio station to, so I can just make the same amount of money that I was making the year before, the year before, the year before. So that's basically all I'm trying to do, right? Say even no one's trying to get rich quick. Uh, radio isn't a way to go ahead and make billions or zillions or become the next Jeff Bezos, our, our brother here, uh, Jeff Bezos. Uh, hi, Eddie. Hi, Eddie. How is it that the Republican nominee for New Mexico Attorney General is being gone after because it said that he hasn't made New Mexico his home for long enough when Martin Heinrich doesn't even live in New Mexico? Send me the report. I don't even know. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people transplant here. Carpet bagging. I don't think Jeremy Gay is that. He's a good man. Um, I like him. Met him. Uh, brought him and um, his children here. He lives in Gallup, New Gallup, New Mexico. So uh, I'm proud to have him uh, much better than uh, whatever the, the guy's name is, our current district attorney. Oh, God, he's horrible. Okay, Eddie, uh, I need new conspiracy theories. Yes, me too. Uh, <laughs> everything that I've ever talked about has been a conspiracy theory. Um, uh, you very nice. I, I got to jump to this. Thank you, Eddie. I enjoyed and appreciated the Queen's passing coverage. You were welcome. That is a very classy thing to say. That is a very classy thing to say. I appreciate it. It's not something... When is the last time I've talked about the crown? And do I actually care? No, but we have to cover it. There's just things I have to do, right? Like take out the garbage and cover things like that. Um, I grew up with her, sort of. We all did. And this is another monumental event, even though she is not a person in my direct life. Absolutely. Uh, there you go. Uh, Danelle uh, sends me, she, she's a great texter. She was a volunteer for my uh, mayoral campaign. I want to tell you how much I appreciate her and what she has done. Uh, she says, love this shirt, Eddie. Now it's the leftist insanity trying to sell conspiracy theories in order to sell their Green New Deal fairy tale agenda. This is a woman from California. She is incredibly intelligent. One of the most intelligent people I have met here in New Mexico. They continue to waste tax dollars on stupidity. They're all about using smart technology, but they don't use their brains. Don't get a smart thermostat unless you want Big Brother to set it for you. Yes, one of those nests. Yes, they can. Uh, what's your IP address? Um, can you share it with us? Uh, we uh, you're using too much energy. Folks, I have to report my wattage usage to the FCC. Do you know how difficult that is? That you don't want to go through what I have to deal with. In your own homes. This is for a radio station of which I'm a steward of. I'm been to advance the license for the next nine years so that I could provide you with this coverage to the community from the other side. And we're the only ones who are doing that. So support the radio station, support the advertisers. Eddie, it's already happening in California. More Democrat stupidity starting with the king of dumb, Gavin Newsom, who is telling his obedient. Love that. I love that word, obedience. Followers not to charge their electric cars because their energy grid cannot accommodate it. God, it's so bad. Be obedient. Don't be obedient. 
rebel, toss back, push back. Now these electric car owners are using gas transformers to charge their vehicles. Wow. It's maddening to know that we were energy independent. Now we have the cleanest energy in the world, but Democrats don't want to use it. Instead, they want to ration it at the expense of we the people because it's about power. It's about elections. It's about maintaining their directives and their power over your very lives. And they love being in your bedrooms. They love being in your bedrooms. At the answer to percentage of New Mexico on welfare, this is what opened up, 17.5%. It's actually closer to 22%. Um, Jeremy Gay's wife is fifth generation New Mexican. I love that. There you go. Hey, we're practically brothers and sisters. That's what's wonderful. Jeremy wants to be here and run for AG. That's awesome. I think he's a hell of a nice man. The states with the highest poverty rates are Mississippi, 19.5%. Louisiana, 18.8%. New Mexico, 17.5%. The states with the lowest are New Hampshire, about to elect a Republican. A Brigadier General, like my good friend Greg Zanetti, is going to be here in the Kiva tomorrow. Can't wait to see him. I haven't seen him in a while. I want him to run for state party chair. Let's see if he does it. I want him to be the Republican Party chair for the state of New Mexico. If we can get him, he's likable. Like I couldn't be because people hate, people will constantly undermine me. It'll just be, can we get rid of the state party chair, Eddie Aragon? He's terrible. And that's what it'll be. And even though I won the last time, Utah, 8.8% and Minnesota, 8.9%. Important well prepared statistics there. Thank you, Eddie. My biggest problem with all the electric vehicles and any of the newer vehicles for that matter, Eddie, but with electric vehicles in particular, is the remote control is built into most of the control system on electric vehicles. And Hesh, uh, no, her vehicle wasn't remote controlled. She just, she drove at 80 miles an hour up and down neighborhoods and crashed into two different houses. She, she couldn't stop her car. <laughs> Ugh, that was, no, I need new conspiracy theories. There was a hackathon that basically showed that your average Joe Blow hacker could actually take full control of the steering accelerator remotely in about 10 minutes. It's actually less. I've seen it. I would love to see Zanetti as GOP chair. You're welcome. I'm going to push, push, push. Certainly better than Robert Aragon. Or, I don't know, who, who else what might be running? John Rockwell, he sucks. John Rockwell sucks. Robert Aragon sucks. Basically, anybody else, I, I would say Steve Pierce has done a good enough job, but it's time to go ahead and check out there, Steve. Time to go, bro. Retire. Hang out with the wife. He's a good man. Steve Pierce is a good, good man. But I beat him last time. But one vote, we got a cower for... An hour and 54 minutes, Eddie, you didn't beat me. Okay, whatever. Mark Ronchetti would be a shoe-in if I were the Republican Party chairman, period. That man would have every resource at his disposal twice on Sunday, and I would absolutely be pulverizing the governor at this point. But you guys don't like good Hispanic Republicans. We don't like Eddie. He's too big. He's too grande. Frank from not at all texts in, $125,000 Tesla with a cheap gas power generator. Small engine emissions are the worst. No. What you see is the ultimate oxymoron. That's crazy. Yeah, I look at this picture. There's the picture. Can you see it? That is an actual Tesla. You can see it on rockoftalk.tv with a gas power generator. Imagine how stupid that is. Someone. <laughs> Why'd you came for the Tesla? No, we're going to go ahead and. Yeah, like a lawnmower. For your Tesla. So you're putting gas into a generator to generate electricity for a Tesla. Imagine the person who drove 
$125,000 vehicle off the lot only to install a gas-powered generator on the back of the vehicle. Absolutely insanity. Back after a quick break, we'll continue more of your text and the story about Amazon, Jeff Bezos, finally! here in the Kiva. More of your tax boy. I have so many tax today. You guys are liking the show and I appreciate that uh, very much. Like I said, I uh, looked at the numbers of the people who listen and it's sort of incredible. I was like, why, why do these guys keep advertising? I don't sign any contracts or anything. I was like, and I got another guy who's like, hey, uh, I want to advertise on your show. I'm like, uh, how much is it? I'm like, it's cheap. I'll get you in touch with Rudy. Rudy Grande! Yeah, I just love doing my voices. You know that. Uh, Eddie, Eddie. Met Jeremy's father-in-law last Sunday near McGaffey. I don't know where. I know New Mexico, and I don't know McGaffey. Who is he? <laughs> he uh, raised his trophy elk for breeding. Great Catholic guy. Ooh, I love Catholics. Real Catholicos, right? Not the pro-life ones. You're not Catholic if, I mean, the pro-choice ones. You're not Catholic unless you're pro-life. Yes, that is very affordable. It's very affordable. Very affordable to advertise here on the radio station. So, um, but thank our advertisers. They make it possible. They do it in their commitment. I mean, I just think about the people who have made a miracle here on the AM side of the dial, who have supported me directly, who have supported the radio station. Like this, this station had every reason to not, like they took out, I mean, I don't want to go into it, but it, it had every reason not to succeed. I care about it. I, I, I believe deeply in what, what we're doing here. I'm doing. Eddie, we have a cannabis and are getting ready to start another store. So when that happens, we'd love to advertise. What, a cannabis dispensary? I think that's, that's totally fine. We could do that. That's good. I love you guys. You're on top of it. We need to save our country. Hope cannabis doesn't offend you. I don't partake in it myself. There you go. Run your business. That's fine. Medicinal, different than the recreational, in my opinion. There you go. Eddie, you're a hypocrite. Why? (laughs) Trevor, if you install solar panels and you need to fix your roof, the approximate cost to remove the solar panels is $1,000 a piece so you can fix your roof. (laughs) Oh, boy, that's a problem. Hi, Eddie. Sorry, this is a little off topic, but do you have done a show about how MLK was able to make over $22 during the pandemic? I believe you said MLG, and I believe it's, I don't know, Billions. She got money funneled from the federal government, right? From the teat, the power teat, to borrow the uh, wedding crashers. Suck on the power teat. I can say that. That's fair. It's fair game. He can say whatever he wants. From war zone to international district is now zombie town. It is. It's it's brutal, folks. I just saw a woman sleeping in front of uh, the Ivy Paint and Body. Good guy. The guy who owns Ivy Paint and Body. They've been a friend of the station for years. Lost track of him, but uh, hopefully he's out there. He has like, and there's the gas station right next to that, completely shuttered. The teriyaki teriyaki chicken bowl where you got two napkins, two forks, and two chicken bowls for like $11.98. No longer. 
That guy, what he's uh, he watched every single penny. He did everything that you a good business should do. Not to mention, uh, located at the corner of Maine and Maine, Wyoming, and and Central. Okay. By the way, I was watching uh, the Machine Gun Kelly. Machine Gun Kelly's grandfather died. Do you, does anybody know who? Eddie, who's this Machine Gun Kelly you speak of? Well, you gotta be, you gotta be with it. You gotta be down. You gotta be down with the cool kids. Machine Gun Kelly's grandfather died at the corner of Wyoming or got into a car accident at the corner of Wyoming and Central and then uh, blew his head off uh, a couple of months later. Not just Jim Morrison here at the Kirtland Air Force Base back in uh, June 6, 1968. If I'm lying, I'm dying. There it is. Uh, just uh, laying that out for there for you. From Warzone International District to Zombie Town. Yeah, like every, it's brutal. They shuttered the CVS. They shuttered, I don't know, about another dozen stores, literally from Louisiana to Wyoming. Just just drive through there. Throw a cruise up and down Central. Yeah, just go in there. And you're in Pala, right? Up and down that whole entire area, it is absolute brutality, top to bottom. You hear about all the murders and all the things that are happening. It's all happening right there in that area. It's so sad. So sad, so sad. I love my Albuquerque, but I hate that area and what it's become. But we just opened, Pat Davis opened up a new library right over there. Pretty cool for people who read, which is like 0.001%. I ask people all the time, do you read? Do you, do you read? I literally will, as like, I know you binge watch crap. I know you can get programmed. I know you can go and Jump in front of a TV and get programmed for a half an hour or an hour. Oh, I got to catch the latest uh, episode of uh, ABC, uh, whatever the hell you're watching. I don't even know what's on TV. Okay? I watch documentaries. It doesn't make me better than you. It just, the different mentality. I'm not looking for the next episode, but I'm feeling in reality. I was watching this. Uh, I, I was talking about the whole thing about Pazuzu. It's like, whoa, brutal. You know, Guy was literally Satan in Winston Salem, North Carolina. Like, watch that. You want to see people actively use drugs and like, look, this is what your life will become. And it's like a giant train wreck, top to bottom. Like these people are living in filth and their own excrement and their own like eating out of dog bowls and all that. And the guy literally worshiped Satan. Is like had a forearm tattoo, worship like like what is wrong with people? Like they like lost all hope. I think ministries are great going out to helping these people. At least it's better than, you know, falling into the um, open arms of a, a avowed Satanist like Pazuzu. Look it up. Hulu. Hulu. I, I'm just saying when it comes to attention spans, you've got to start processing information like you would read it. Like I bought my kids magazines. They don't like to read. They love the opportunity to go ahead and interact with people get live you know first player shoot em ups they're doing that with uh, Fortnite and all that and I, I let them do that but i also want them even if it's something that they take an interest in tell people to read please oh the book is better than the movie what nobody says that anymore because everyone's binge watch oh you haven't caught the latest or like you're getting together it's like yeah down the bottle of wine and uh basically uh, well, i decided to <laughs> indulge in uh binge watching my latest series no 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 that's not living stop stop go and find a book and just one more chapter just one more book just one more thing to read like i have i haven't read more 
than I have like in the last couple of months. I am like obsessed. And I was so happy to rebuild that habit. Rather than taking what I'm processing and redirecting and just taking articles of what I'm reading here and there, it's like, oh my gosh, it's like a different world. It changes the way that you think about the world and process things. And it's so important. So just, just try to do that. Uh, Eddie, uh, <clears throat> Eddie, for the first time, I'm sailing Jefferson. We got homeless posted up sleeping in the middle of the walkway. It's just ridiculous. Jefferson and Paseo. We got people just sleeping on the bike path. It's ridiculous. That's what you get. Welcome to Killer Keller's world. He's going to kill everything. People are killing each other. The economy's getting killed. Tim Keller is a disgrace. You, sir, are a disgrace. Yes, you're a disgraceful city, a disgraceful mayor. It's, it's, it's disgraceful. And I've stood up for the man. And he's making some hard choices here and there, but it's so sporadic that I don't think he actually has a commitment. He's more committed to retaining power and remaining his good, keeping his good name. And at some point in your life, you will have to answer for that. Maybe not while you're not on the throne of the mayor, but you will have to answer for that at some point. It just kind of goes without saying, it's why I'm not a politician, it's why I don't care. You know, I'm answering for stuff all the time, dealing with things all the time. Like I'm looking for my next fight, I'm looking for my next attack, I'm looking for my next thing. That's important. Why? You have to be completely and totally paranoid, and it's important to be that way. Better call Saul. Um, Eddie, I'm just waiting until one of them gets run over here by a bike or an e-bike or whatever, <laughs> an e-bike, better call Saul. Maybe that's what they're waiting for. You know? Eddie, I do agree with you. We let our grandsons play Fortnite. They also started reading better. Yep, they did. And the other thing too, that's really kind of great about Fortnite. Okay. And tie it to your bank account. So you know what your kids are doing is they do it. They, they turn on their phones and then they go and they're communicating with people online and it's actually a team effort despite the fact that it's virtual and it remained allowed my kids to uh, be connected uh, to all their friends so they still had a soda life which was really important keller is a pos yes he is uh, i would agree with that right now i i, I on a personal level I, I would say i like tim I, I really like i think he's a a a, a good man on his own element but overall as a mayor and as what he has committed to and the, as his prioritization of keeping a good name and not telling the truth and all of these things that he has done because he's tried to you know kind of keep a polish on that his his turd of a mayorship i think that's probably the problem with him at some point you know, i hate to say it whether it's now or 20 years from now it's all going to come apart and you're going to be like see i told you so this is what I expected. Why don't you just come clean? Like me, I had to answer myself. I've been married and divorced three times. I've gone through all my stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm a little bit of a rascal. I, I like having a good time. I, I will tell you the way things are. I don't really care if people like me. I don't really have any sort of, you know, ideation about uh, what I'm going to become or what my ambition is or whatever. I just tell it like it is. And that has actually, in my opinion, been a in my opinion, been a very good example for my kids is for them. And they will always come to their daddy and always tell them exactly what they're saying. Hey dad, what do you think about this? What do you think? He started saying, um, it's in the eyes, Chico. And I'm like, are you watching Scarface? And he's like, no, no, I'm not. I'm not. I said, well, you can watch Scarface if you watch it with me when I'm ready to watch it with you. 
<laughs> and my son's eyes, really? When do we get to do? Well, not now, but, you know, maybe in a few years. We can talk about Tony Montana, huh? We can do all that. Uh, back after a quick break uh, here in the Kiva. More great talk. Going to return. Um, oh, he doesn't like the Cheech and Chong stuff. <laughs> it's not immature. It's good. The Espa Blotter. Preview that for tomorrow. here in the Kiva. Boy, I've got so many packs. It's been a while. There's been this much input into the show. and I'm glad to hear that. Uh, I'm glad to see that. Eddie, reading requires an actively discerning mind in order to absorb and retain information, which also results in critical judgment of said information. Watching news is passive, requiring little to no active participation and even less critical judgment. Our population has become infantilized due to the convenience of media consumption. Absolutely, Natalie, uh, don't forget. Nat and Jaybird, Saturday, uh, new time, 3 to five, three to 6 p.m. Three-hour tour, 1 to 3. We've got um, Casey and uh, his wife with the F, uh, what is it, the FFU, Freedom Families United, and then Dinah from 6 to 8. So it is our uh, live lineup of uh, programming. Uh, we from 11 to 11, actually 11 to 3 a.m. So that's 15 hours of live programming uh, on Saturdays. Uh, and if we want to go live and local, uh, going all the way from 7 until 3 in the morning the next day, so including all of that. So I do pre-record some shows uh, for you. So a little criticism. I'll always read the criticism. I appreciate that. I appreciate people's uh, criticisms. You're trying to make me better. You enjoy, you have choices. You have, uh, I don't know, 54 different choices. Radio stations that are out there. There's 54 radio stations, folks. And, you know, we got a, a, a share of that. We've got more than a share. It's pretty nice. Um, so I will say that. I have been listening to you for years, but uh, you have a lot of good guests and subjects. But this year you started talking stupid Cheech and Chong. I do not know why, but it's mature for someone who ran for office. I, I don't think so. I'm not running for office and I'm making points. So um, uh, I'm a talk radio host here. Uh, when I ran as a candidate, I think I was the most respectable mayoral candidate and we'll leave it at that. Once in a while, it's okay, but not every day. It's like you are carrying a conversation with yourself or having a mental breakdown. We are not in Mexico, we are in New Mexico. Um, points of inflection, I responded. I do voices, theater of the mind, relax, points of impact. Thank you, I appreciate your criticism. I think it's just somebody who is just giving their input. I'm totally open and uh, God save the queen. Yes. Uh, no longer. <laughs> uh, we'll be taking uh, calls tomorrow. Absolutely. I'm taking calls all the time. We just, I uh, don't normally, if you want to call in right now, you're welcome to call in. I don't want to drone on about uh, your personal matters though, please. Catholic church is hiring a bunch of new exorcists, uh, that coming into the Kiva. Uh, let's see what else before I get to Am. I got to get to Amazon. Got to get to Amazon and try and Reason to Mexico uh, administrative uh, code for clean car care here, srca.nm.gov. And okay, we'll look at that. The uh, my call was dropped. When the government claims it is doing something for our own good, you can be sure it's not. It's all about control. Sorry about that. I didn't, I didn't mean to drop your call. That is uh, good. What will they do to arrest me if I don't fill it out? I have to laugh at the part that says it's an order to conserve taxpayers' money. Do it online. What a joke. 
So this is a United States census uh, here. Um, you're, you should respond to a census. Let's just put it that way. Okay. If that's a census, you get it, do it. Anybody else get this quote, unquote, survey from the government required by U.S. law? I doubt it. I already filled out the census with one question answered. How many people live in your household? And that's it. The only thing I responded to. Sorry for the crappy picture. So, you know, participate. Don't know if you remember. Oh, wow. Wow. Look at that. We got, uh, we might have the uh, man who landed on the moon uh, come into the Kiva. So that'll be very cool. Very excited about that uh, as well. 550 500 if you want to continue your text. Okay. So finally, I'll get to Amazon. The Wall Street Journal covered uh, Jeff Bezos and all these CEOs. They call it the new flex, new way of CEOs to distinguish each other. How about just running a profitable company? Wasn't that enough? Like, you don't need to see the CEOs. Uh, for all we know, it's just this evil guy that's hanging up in his uh, top story, you know, office, right? Amazon billionaire flashed biceps and stretched his T-shirt with his new biceps. Celebrity talent agent Ari Emanuel romped on Elon Musk's yacht, it writes, with ripped abs in full view. On Instagram, video gaming executive Strauss Zelnick posed in a skin-tight purple spandex. Talent executive Scooter Braun tended to his muscles in an ice tub and Telegram chief executive Pavel Durov stood bare-chested in an infinity pool next to the caption, Should I start posting photos here more often? <laughs> look how good I look. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about your own personal commitments to this stuff. If I could help people, great, yeah. But nobody cares that you're proud of yourself at some point for whatever reason. Nobody wants to see that. And least of all the CEOs, when you see a downturn in the economy that is happening right now, and the reality is they're still trying to sell you. They still want them to go ahead and get their profits and whatever else. Like, these are billionaires. Do we honestly care about their personal lives? Well, unfortunately, there are people who love that stuff. Despite all the biceps and the muscles of Jeff Bezos, things aren't going good for Amazon. For their stock split, they lost about $1,300 per share. Roughly about $3,400, $3,500 share, right down down to like $2,100. And they split and then they're like, okay, we got to do something to preserve our value. Let people know this perception of uh, strength. So Amazon has been sort of going through it. They've been shutting down warehouses. They've been shorting, shorting their own expansion. Okay. They've now abandoned dozens of warehouses. And they've been trying to do, like, tell you how to think, uh, be more woke. You know, we got to be with the world and look at the World Economic Forum. And, you know, by the way, this uh, great video my uh, friend sent me is something that I should play uh, to wrap the show on the World Economic Forum. You cannot join. doesn't matter how much money you have. Yes, sir. Okay, that sounds good. Amazon CEO Andy Jassy has developed a strategy to cut an apparent surplus of warehouses. Yes, uh, they're, they're not Amazoning enough anymore. They're not making enough money. So they're having to shut down 60 plus warehouses and cut 100,000 jobs. Folks, there is no larger sign of the recession reality than that. If Amazon is shuttering 60 warehouses and cutting 100,000 jobs, it's a recession. 
you don't even need the two negative uh, months. This they're hell bent on Jeff Bezos being the ri- Albuquerque resident, uh, Albuquerque born and bred, Jeff Bezos being the richest man in the world. Amazon joined by other struggling retailers who have been forced to cut earning estimates as inflation remains near record heart. No, it's not inflation. It's the printing of the money that led that created the inflation and the false numbers coming from the government about unemployment. According to the BEA, the Bureau of Economic Analysis, Amazon announced this week that it intends to close two delivery stations near Baltimore. Look at the size of that thing. Bessemer, Alabama. BHM1 Fulfillment Center, March 29th. Gigantic. I've toured a 4 million square foot Walmart facility in the intermodals in near Chicago. Unbelievable. And then I started looking at this like, uh, okay, well, let's look at all of the uh, fulfillment centers. Their global total of occupancy is 2,297 facilities. 563 million square feet with 121 million square feet planned. Guess what's getting canceled, folks? About 85 million square feet of property along 60 warehouses. Amazon no longer expanding. Now, for those of you uh, wanting to know what's happening here in Nuevo Mexico, Here's uh, what's very interesting. The New Mexico plant for Amazon isn't five, or it isn't 2.9 million square feet. No, 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 folks. It's only 650,000 square feet. Located at 701 Atrisco Vista Boulevard. Small, sortable facility. That's all you got here. Supposed to be 2.9 million square feet. Will never be. On 65 acres, will never be. It will only be 650,000 square feet. If they do expand, it'll be piecemeal. And I said, if they're not looking to expand any more than they are right now, it is a small sortable fulfillment center here in New Mexico. And of course it's woke, you know, you know that they have their solar panels and what's been happening to the solar panels at Amazon. Uh, yeah, they've been catching on fire. The roof is on fire. Yep. Out of an abundance of caution following a small number of isolated incidents on on-site solar systems owned and operated by third parties, Amazon proactively powered off our on-site solar systems in North America. Uh, guess what happens when your solar panels catch on fire? They're uninsurable because they don't know how long the fire will continue. The rate of dangerous incidents is unacceptable and above I- industry standards. This one in Fresno that I'm looking at. You can't shut them off, according to Fresno City Fire Battalion Chief Tim Fulmers. It takes time for them to de-energize. You cannot send a normal fire crew to put out an ESG fire. Solar panels, the battery fires for, I don't know, a Tesla. Solar panels can supply up to 80% of the energy used by facilities throughout the U.S., Europe, and India, according to the report. Placing solar panels on rooftops is part of Amazon's sustainability plan to meet net zero emissions by 2040. Won't be happening. And finally, in a postmortem on the 60-plus facilities and 100,000 workers, which will never be for Amazon, Bloomberg, their buddies, also write about this. Determined to reduce its size of its sprawling delivery operation and slowing sales growth, they've abandoned dozens of existing plant facilities around the U.S. If Bloomberg is writing about it, 
and they're trading on it using their Bloomberg terminals, it is probably true, despite the fact that none of the local news has written anything about this, nor will they report it. Can keep buying as much as you can. Back to close out the show here in the Kivo and re-return. 6440, back in the day. show we appreciate uh all of you listening in to kiva frank text in uh, what about amazon los lunas yeah what about it it's not gonna happen there you go i don't know what else to say like the world changes and you have to pay attention to what like they'll be telling you this in about a week week and a half time they're like oh i heard it first on eddie ergon's program on his radio station we heard it oh eddie's a liar eddie's like how many times have i been wrong i'm paying attention and that's a good thing because the people who pay attention will ultimately be sort. There's three ways to win, right? Be first, be smarter, or cheat. I don't cheat, right? <laughs> the end of margin call, you got to watch it. Great, uh, Jeremy Irons. I, I love that speech. I love, love that speech. You know. That's what it's all about. Jeremy Irons. It's so fantastic. You guys got to listen to it. He walks in and it's the whole thing with Kevin Spacey and everything. It's just, you know, where are we at? Where are we at? Where are we at? I mean, 9-11 this Sunday. We with my kids in Carlsbad and El, El Paso. It'll be fun uh, down there. I love my Cheech and Chong accent. Like, what's wrong with you? How do you not love that? That's just good all day. My, my family still loves it. I mean, my friends love it. Everyone seems to love it. Like, found the only person. You, are you okay? The timer on my computer is going off? What, what, what does that mean? We'll let you uh, listen to Jeremy Irons. Take a listen. Please sit down. Welcome, everyone. I must apologize for dragging you all here at such an uncommon hour, but from what I've been told, this matter needs to be dealt with urgently. So urgently, in fact, probably should have dressed weeks ago, but that is spilt milk under the bridge. So, why doesn't somebody tell me what they think is going on here? Mr. Tulda, as I mentioned earlier, if you compare the figure at the top of page 13... Jared, it's a little early for all that. Just speak to me in plain English. Okay. But I'd like to speak to the guy who put this together. Mr. Sullivan, is it? Does he speak English? Sir? I'd like to speak with the analyst who seems to stumble across this mess. Certainly. That would be Peter Sullivan right here. Oh, Mr. Sullivan, you're here. Good morning. Maybe you could tell me what you think is going on here. And please, speak as you might to a young child or a golden retriever. It wasn't brains that got me here, I can assure you of that. Well, um, sir, as you may or may not know, I work here for Mr. Rogers as an associate in the risk assessment and management office at MBS. Please. 
Just relax, stand up, tell us in a clear voice what is the nature of the problem. Okay. Uh, well, as you probably know, over the last 36 to 40 months, the firm has begun packaging new MBS products that combine several different tranches of rating classification in one tradable security. This has been enormously profitable, as I imagine you noticed. I have. Well, the firm is currently doing a considerable amount of this business every day. Now, the problem, which is, I guess, why we are here tonight, is that it takes us, uh, the firm, about a month to layer these products correctly, thereby posing a challenge from a risk management standpoint. And, Mr. Sullivan, that challenge is? Well, we have to hold these assets on our books longer than we might ideally like to. Yes. But the key factor here is these are essentially just mortgages. So that has allowed us to push the leverage considerably beyond what you might be willing or allowed to do in any other circumstance, thereby pushing the risk profile without raising any red flags. Now, thank you, Mr. Sullivan. Sit down. What I'm guessing your report here says, and give me some rope here. What I'm guessing it says is that considering the, shall we say, bumpy row we've been on the last week or so, but the figures your brilliant co-workers up the line ahead of you have come up with don't make much sense anymore, considering what's taking place today. Actually, not what's taking place today, but what's already taken place over the last two weeks. So you are saying this has already happened? Sort of. Sort of. And Mr. Sullivan, what does your model say that that means for us here? Well, that's where it becomes a projection. But, um... You're speaking with me, Mr. Sullivan. Well, sir, if those assets decrease by just 25% and remain on our books, that loss would be greater than the current market capitalization of this entire company. So, what you're telling me is that music is about to stop and we're going to be left holding the biggest bag of odorous excrement ever assembled in the history of capitalism sir i'm not sure that i would put it that way but let me clarify using your analogy what this model shows is the music so to speak just slowing the music were to stop, as you put it, then this model wouldn't be even close to that scenario. It would be considerably worse. Let me tell you something, Mr. Sullivan. Do you care to know why I'm in this chair with you all? I mean, why I earn the big bucks? Yes. I'm here for one reason and one reason alone. I'm here to guess what the music might do a week, a month, a year from now. That's it. Nothing more. And standing here tonight, I'm afraid that I don't hear a thing. Just silence.
Now that we know the music has stopped, what can we do about it? Mr. Cole, Ms. Robertson, I'm afraid I think this is where you are supposed to step back in. Lord knows we've relied enough on Mr. Sullivan tonight. What do you have for us? What have I told you since the first day you stepped into my office? There are three ways to make a living in this business. Be first, be smarter, or cheat. No, I don't cheat. And although I like to think we have some pretty smart people in this building, it sure is a hell of a lot easier to just be first. Sell it all today. Is that even possible, Sam? Yes, but at what cost? I'll have to pay. Really? I think so. Where is this going to come back to us? Everywhere. Sam, I don't think you seem to understand what your boy here has just said. If I made you, how would you do this? Well, you call the traders in for the normal 6.30 meeting and you be honest with them because they're going to know it's the end either way. So you're going to have to throw them a bone and a pretty big one. And then you've got to come out of the gate storming. No swaps, no nothing. 40% done by 10.15. By 11 o'clock, all your trades have to be gone because by lunchtime, word's going to be out. And by 2 o'clock, you're going to be selling at 65 cents on the dollar if you're lucky. And then the feds are going to be in here up your ass trying to slow you down. Ramesh. They can slow you down. They can't stop you. It's yours to sell. Yeah, but John, even if we manage to pull that off, and that's saying something, the real question is, who are we selling this to? Same people we've been selling it to for the last two years, and whoever else will buy it. But John, if you do this, you will kill the market for years. It's over. And you're selling something that you know has no value. We are selling to willing buyers at the current fair market price so that we may survive. You will never sell anything to any of those people ever again. I understand. Do you? Do you? This is it. I'm telling you, this is it. Now, it's four o'clock. Jared, you got till five to break this down, draw me up a plan. Is there anybody else who knows what's in here at the moment, block by block? Eric Dale. And where is I he? would uh, highly recommend that you watch this movie, particularly at this point of everything. The movie's called The Margin Call. Released 2011, about the 2008 uh, mortgage-backed securities debacle. And I think uh, it's more or less given the... Three-quarter points. It's already been recommended. We should be well above four. And, uh, folks, if you prepared for this moment, you're going to be just okay. And if you haven't, uh, then there's, there's winners, there's losers, and that is a good thing. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, the world is full of it uh, one way or the other. And when there's winners and losers, like I told you, you have to figure out a way. If you don't have enemies, figure out a way to make them. If you don't have friends, figure out a way, way to make those. Back tomorrow at 4 p.m. for our Friday show.